Did you hear that? Yeah. What was that at the end? It was like a drum roll at the end or something. <laughs> I don't know. That was that you was added something new. new. <laughs> I didn't do anything to it. Uh, welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Zansky and Dave Friedman. Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, it's episode 115. Uh, crazy that we're that many episodes. Um, Jason Tong from Head First Amplification. What's up, Jason? How are you? Hey, hey, all. <laughs> Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Now, now, yeah. now, instead of watching, he's on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit surreal, I will say, but yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, our pleasure, oh. man. I think there's a little echo. Do you hear a little echo? No. No? Okay. It, maybe it's just on my end. Might be me. I'm going to lower my thing here just a little bit. Okay. All right, so it's Friday night. We already have a super chat. We've got lots of people watching already. Yeah. And, uh, Guys, this is going to get geeky here. I, I told <laughs> so them. I, I, I hope you're in for it. This is the Geek the geek Fest show. We're going to geek out. I told my cousin that. I was like, if you want to talk about resistors and and <laughs> stuff like that. Circuits go, and things. Yeah, and boards. Uh, Today's the show. Today is the show. Uh, and if you don't, well... Yeah, they're sitting sit around anyway. uh, and and you're interested or you can go buy <laughs> bye bye <laughs> but uh if you're bored to tears like someone said didn't someone yeah say someone that? yeah someone said that on on a forum boring uh, yeah that's okay i don't remember what they said yeah, someone always okay. says something <laughs> australia <laughs> representing here what's up cal hey cal how are you mate <laughs> hey. you know cal yeah Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cal, uh, there's a lot of people from Australia these days, it seems, in the music industry. And we, we were talking about that. We know a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. The other day. And I think the guys that, you know, I've got to know a lot of the local community here who, you know, who play or, or build or just collect amps and so on. And so a lot of them said they're going to tune in today. So I hope, hope they're online. Oh, cool. Cool. Uh, do you know Simon? Also, Simon. Uh, Simon yeah. No, I've never met Simon. Um, okay. I absolutely know, know who he is. Um, saw him play the VH1 set. Yeah. That was at our, that was at the Melbourne Guitar Show, which is just that thing is hosted about 15 minutes up the road from where Hopefully I live. you were there. You went to see yeah, it. Yeah. It, it was, it ran every year that it was like a mini kind of nam not not like nam but you know australian version right? smaller i'm not sure nam's um, like nam anymore yeah that's it right we're, but it, it, we're it gonna is, see <laughs> yeah are you are you going dave to the nam i think i might go visit for a day yeah and just uh wander around i'm not uh exhibiting although i'm thinking maybe i'll shove an amp in someone's booth yeah why not that i know i'm gotta figure that out but that's a good way to do it. Okay. You know, maybe yeah. Celestian or something. Yeah. Well, there's been there's been no announcement as to whether the the Melbourne show is going to return, right? Because it 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 got closed down obviously over the last two years or so with this pandemic, and it was starting to build quite a nice profile, right? And you were starting to get some you know people coming from all around the country to come to this thing, and um, I was had started thinking about actually getting a booth, right, for my own stuff if it if it if it came back but I, I don't believe there's been any announcement yet so i don't know if it'll return or not 
I hope these things come back in a way. It'd be sad if Nam like just went away. I don't know. It was a lot. Well, of it's going to exist. It's going to exist in some format, but I, I think um, you know it, why? Why does a company like ours? I don't know if it makes sense for anymore. It might not we make sense. We don't. We don't need dealers. No. Uh, We've gotten every dealer across the country mostly that that could possibly carry our products. Um, there's less and less independent dealers anyway. Um, so there's really not a big uh, bunch of stores to choose from. And um, the amount of money to show all, all the boutique brands, that's a 50 what? by 50 booth. 50 feet by 50 feet. The booth space is something like $60,000 or something. And you guys put in just the raw floor, the just cement. The floor, just the yeah. cement, yeah. That's and great. you put in the soundproof room, right? Or Well, we put in all, yeah, all the all the stuff was built in-house on site. All of it's gone now because that, that whole thing went away after the fire. Uh, so the, the whole NAM booth has been trashed, so that's gone. Oh, so even to get a whole new... So we would have to do something whole new. I don't know if we would do it on the same scale. Yeah. We could potentially do a, something like we did um, at uh, Nashville NAM before. Which was NAM. 10 yeah. by 40 or something we had or something. Mm -hmm. Just a long, just a long thing and. You have a little smattering of just the latest stuff from the the latest brands, and you don't have everything. You yeah. don't have a sound room, which sucks. And yeah, I'll miss that. We'll see. That, that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. Was that was really a lot great. of fun because we had a bar. Yeah, <laughs> we had a bar in the sound room. Oh, it was great. A full was bar. <laughs> full full bar snacks. Even and the bar's gone. And a wet dry wet. Amp set up with with a full giant rack. It was the giant racks, yeah. Well, they said <laughs> yeah. yeah. All uh, that stuff's gone. All of it. Oh, that's crazy. All of it's gone. During the hey, pandemic, we when we were shut down, we sold all of it off. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, at that point in time, we needed to generate some money. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying hi to Dan. We got a bunch of people here. We got John DeShane, lots of uh, the usual suspects watching the show. Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, Zach says, Jason reminds me of the actor James Mason. Who's that? Okay. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> that's not from my era. That's like, that's a little bit older than my era, also, I think. Uh, right. What, he's from the black and white movies or shows. Oh, right. So, so I looked that old, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that right before we right. came on here about what it's like to be in the 50s now. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you appreciate the 40s even better. <laughs> uh, oh, listen to John DeShane and subscribe, everybody, please. Um, which reminds me, we are really close to 20,000 subscribers. Uh, we're just less than 200, um, which means I've got the the paper cutter out and uh i think sunday my wife and my son it's you're lucky dave you don't have to go through this I'm, i have to write down like 500 and something names of people i think maybe oh, wow. we should have done the giveaway when we were already hit twenty thousand. <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, was there a time frame for the people to answer that question? <laughs> well, up until yeah. it should have been. It should have been. I don't know. Maybe I didn't think yeah. through these rules. We had to do this well. again. It was like we hit twenty thousand. We're giving away this guitar today and today only. Yeah. <laughs> Go in the video and answer the question. I'll I'll take your advice on it because uh, yeah, I have a lot of work to do. It's probably going to take a few hours. Um, to go through everybody's names. I'm going to put it into a pot or something that will take all these little pieces of paper and then I will pull it out. I'm going to pull it out and, uh, and we'll tell you the name and whoever won worldwide will get the guitar. All right. Mark is uh, going to pull it out on air, on air, pull it out on air. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll uh, keep people. That should get a lot in. of people. Live, we that should get a lot of people watching. You'll get, you'll get 30,000 subscribers. If you <laughs> I don't know about that. That's funny. Uh, How many subscribers, people, if Mark pulls it out on air? <laughs> <laughs> this is a dare. Oh, God. Mark will lose his job that immediately. <laughs> Could be. Uh, we got Peter Urban. What's going on, man? Hello, Peter. Uh, thanks for the show. Dave is a simple, here we go, is a simple resistor dummy load safe for an amp, given impedance and power are matched properly. Thanks in advance. Yes. Perfectly safe, but you do not have to necessarily match the impedance. So um, in reality, if you're using a, a resistive dummy load, it's actually better if it's higher, a little higher than the impedance. So, I mean, my in my test, not that much higher, but like mm, if you set your amp on, use a 16-ohm load resistor, set your amp on 8 ohms, it sounds more open and better. And you need to be careful with the heat that'll be generated, right? So people will often buy those kind of orange-colored, you know, load resistors. You can buy them on, you know, eBay, Amazon, whatever. Yeah. 8 ohm, 16 ohm, whatever, and it says 100 watts on it. Oh no, 300 watts. And you got to heat sink it, right? Otherwise, this thing will melt. So, um, yeah, it will melt everything you have it set on. Yeah, correct. So, um, you're better off if you're better off if you're going to do that, um, mounted into something, but not a 100 watt one. I, if I use one resistor, it's going to be a 300 watt one. Yeah. So a 300-watt one with a 100-watt or 50-watt amp is fine. And you won't need to heat sink the 300-watt one. But it still gets warm. So hmm. it's hot. So you have to be careful what you're doing. Or you can just buy a power station. <laughs> you get a power amp. You get a reactive load. Or you get a resistive load if you'd like. Any impedance you'd like. Yeah, you can see I've got one right there. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's good. Right, here we go. It's a P, that's a PS2. Actually, yeah. I don't have the 100. I don't know if it's worth going up to the 100 if it's that yeah, much. Yeah, it is. I love the PS2. It's great. It is. It is. It, it is actually worth it to get the 100. Uh, yeah. It's nice to get that. It's nice to get the uh, the extra channel, and you can actually boost it. And yeah, it's cool. Um, but I'm probably getting uh, company accommodation pricing on it. Yes, you might know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know. Uh, but you can sell. I mean, that's what I did. I had the PS2. I sold. Yeah. I sold mine, and the only one, the only thing with that PS2 that I find, I wish it had, and I think they 
actually added it in the second series of the PS2 was is the line out. Um, you, you can't adjust the level of the line out. So mm. if you're oh yeah, the second version of it, they have the yeah. So it can, the, can uh, get pretty hot if you're running a, a, a hot fifty or hundred watt amp into it. That line out signal is pretty hot as well. So yeah, mm. yeah, they fix that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just I'd sell the first one and upgrade. All um, right. That's what I did too. So Paul Crane, this leads me into which I wanted to dive into with Jason. He says, "I'm interested in hearing from Jason. I can't recall ever he- uh, being aware of head first amps when I was living in Australia. I heard of of your amps first uh, from Leon Todd. Yeah, Leon. Yeah, yeah. Leon's over in, in Perth, which is the other side of Australia from where where I am. But Leon Leon's been been awesome. He's been fantastic. And um, Brett Kingman is the other." Mm. Uh, Quite well known YouTuber in Australia, and Brett's only about half an hour's drive from me. Um, and both of them have, have uh, featured uh, featured the Kelly amp that uh, that that we do. And um, but yeah, I mean, it depends when uh, you know when the guy left. I can't remember the name. Sorry, it's already gone off the chat. Oh, Paul Crane. Yeah. When Paul left Australia, because we've really only been. Um, getting kind of serious about what we're doing here over the last two years or so, maybe, maybe three years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I can talk a little bit about if it's of interest, I can talk a little bit about kind of how, you know, what, yeah, tell what, your story. Yeah. yeah that'd be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've kind of always tinkered with stuff, right? Like I think a lot of people, you know, who play guitar and like amps and stuff um, do, but it was probably 10 years ago or so. And Dave, you'll you'll laugh at this, right? I pulled apart a PV Classic Thirty. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you know the one with yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. circuit board that's bent like a U shape, a U shape circuit board. With all yeah. the little connectors between each board that break when you do that. Yeah, ask me yeah. how I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The answer, your answer is: Can you fix this? No. Can you modify yeah. it? No. <laughs> well, I can look at it to see if the tubes are okay, and if maybe you just well, have I bad did. tubes. I was feeling adventurous at that time. This is before I got into any of the kind of stuff I'm doing now, right? This is the beginning of the journey. But I, I, I tinkered with that thing, and you know, managed to get it back together and get it working again. And it was like, holy crap, this thing sounds better, right? So mm-hmm. that led to getting um, a couple of kits. You know, kind of like you get the full kit, everything in a box delivered to you, right? This is about ten years ago. Um, give or take and again I kind of got you know built those two amps they were kind of Marshall style things one was um, the old 18 watt kind of 1974 style thing mm-hmm. right and the other one was a, a kind of derivative of the pre-tone stack master diode clipping kind of hot rodded thing right um, but both of them generated sounds that I thought were pretty good right I was like shit this is you know, uh, that not only is it fun, but you can actually create something that that the end result's um, pretty pretty reasonable. And and I, but I kind of left it there. I didn't kind of get pursue it. I actually used those amps and gig with you know used them in, in gigging situations and so on. But I didn't kind of continue the build until I saw this video on YouTube, and you guys all know this one well. It's Phil X, and I think he's in. He's in a restaurant. Guessing it's in your shop, Dave. Mm-hmm. And he's demoing the BE100. 
I remember this video. I, I always go back and watch it every now and then too, right? It would be like, like oh. two, two, 2009, 10, two, no, 2000, probably 2011 or 12, probably. Yeah, so I, I can't remember what year it was that I, that I actually oh, came man. across it and saw it. It wasn't when it was first released, but it was, you know, let's call it seven, six or seven years ago, something like that. And um, I saw this video and I thought, holy crap, this thing, that amp just sounded incredible and amazing in his hands, of course. And he's ripping out all these EVH licks, which was pretty easy to get my attention when you're doing when you're doing that stuff right <laughs> and then i and then i saw the other video that i came across at around about that time frame was it's an la amp show video uh, and dave it's um you're Doug there Rappaport? no oh, um no. well you've got the name you've got a naked amp there and you've got i think a very early dirty shirley mm-hmm. um and i can't remember the players but you have to forgive me i can't remember who who but you had two different players. One guy was demonstrating the naked, which oh, okay. sounds killer, right? And then someone was playing a strat in, into your dirty Shirley. No, that was, I think, Travis that used to work for us, yeah. Yeah, right. And that, again, that thing just sounded, it sounded so lively and glassy and just like that. I think about the best of what I, you know, when I think about a strat sound, it was there, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was like, so then I started looking at prices of the stuff in Australia, what these things cost, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, right, you know, you can All buy right. a car. I need to build this. Yeah, I need to build, right? <laughs> I need to build. This is that got me into it. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could build something. So I set about doing that, and I set about building my first amp. And this was all at the time. It was all just for me, right? I didn't yeah. have no ambitions to go and try and, you know, do anything other than use this as a hobby and build stuff that you know like stuff that i want to be able to use i'd want to be able to play live with it or whatever right but it was only it was only ever that so i did my first turret board build um sourcing parts not doing a kit actually just getting parts together or whatever right and then that um again i got a great result and i did i built two of those amps right so I, my mate hilton who's about half an hour down the road here, he's still got one of those amps and, and uses it regularly. I've still got the one that I did too, sitting on the shelf in the other room, right? So that that was cool. And then um, I wanted to progress into more complex amps, right? So switching. This is when you get into – this is how the whole PC board thing happened. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you want to start designing or building amps that have relay switching in them – Well, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know, Dave. You probably went through the same. We made. We made the. We made this transition. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you start doing well, not stupid things, right? But you start. You start figuring out. Well, how can I? How can I put relays into a turret board amp? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did for a while. Right. And there's a couple of ways. You can glue them in. You can. You can sit them upside down and glue them on the board. Right. Works. Um, You can buy little kind of little you know, PC boards for yeah. relays, right? And I've actually got a bunch of those on my online that shop. Works. People people actually grab those and add them to their amps, right? And that works. But you of course you, you end up with all this kind of all these kind of satellite boards and the and the amp starts to become a bit of a mess inside. Um, if you're not really careful. But the bit and the build time becomes significant, right? So oh, hand, yeah. you know, hand wiring all the stuff becomes difficult. And um 
Uh, there's another another amp builder, uh, Don Kohinger. So I think Don might actually be be watching now. So Don kind of became uh, my mentor for for this whole PC board stuff. And Don Don's got a company called Melbourne Amp Company that, amongst other things, has he had a signature a signature player, Dave Leslie from the Baby Animals. And if you guys know Dave, so the Baby Animals. I know the name of the Baby Animals. I know. Yeah, well, they they toured supporting Van Halen in the early nineties. I know it. Yeah. And Dave's a monster player. Um, there's a video actually. It's just there's a video of Eddie playing backstage on a red and white Strat. Yeah, yeah, that's Dave Leslie's Strat. I'm I'm pretty oh. sure. Yeah, pretty sure, right? So Dave's been around, and he, he's you know he's um, I believe he's still got um, original uh, Music Man EVH guitar that Eddie gave him actually on the back yeah. of the touring nice. Together. So anyway, Don, Don's a Melbourne guy, who who has you know he's, he's a fantastic builder and knows just crap loads about tube amps, right? So he'll, I've leaned on him for for knowledge over the journey, to be honest. And um, I was talking to him one day about this dilemma of how do how do I progress into doing something more complex? And he said, "You should start doing printed circuit boards." I said, "No, that's you know that's beyond." Well, why would I do that, right? So anyway, he got me started because Don had already gone through that learning curve. And um, I found, I guess, with my background, so I, I did a physics degree at university. I had electronics and digital tech as a kind of a background. And I, in my kind of my day job, right, I, I, be, I was actually a software engineer in probably the first part of, you know, my, my first half of my working life. And um, I found that I guess those the combination of those skills and background, and I guess the the drive to kind of try and do something with it, those things came together, and I found that well I, I could actually do this right. And so I did these boards. I did my first kind of main board, and you know these main boards have got everything on there. You know you can do twelve volt DC heaters for. And that's that's also a DC supply for your relay switching, onboard relays, the whole thing. And so you really kind of start to create something that means that you know you can create a high gain amp with quite sophisticated functionality and low noise as well. Um, and I got kind of some of these up and running, and a couple of other friends here who are also kind of hobby builders, you know, Kurt, Gary, and these these guys. Um, I mentioned their names because they might be watching. So, hey, 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 guys. They said to me, you could sell these. I said, no, don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my stuff, right? I'm just doing these for, for, for me, right? No, 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 no. Seriously, you could, you could. So, Dave, I put I put Fearless out on Slow Clone at the time, which was a forum, online forum, an amp building forum mm -hmm. that I, I used to hang out quite a lot in. I'm not, not. Not really anymore. I don't really kind of go there too often these days. But it's a it's an amp building forum where you know kind of enthusiasts, I guess, is the word I'd describe, um, kind of hang out. And I put feelers out there as who might be occasionally a little toxic, but well, that's why I don't hang out there so much. Yeah. yeah. Um. But a, a wonderful forum, actually. But yeah. Well, I got. I mean, I got tired of. Getting told I didn't know what I was talking about one one too many times, so I decided not not to post there so much anymore. But it is has been that that's actually was a helpful forum in my journey because it was a yeah. kind of place where you could you could post questions and you get there's some 
really knowledgeable guys on there. Right? Oh, absolutely. And, and they're really generous with their knowledge too, you know, most of the mm -hmm. guys there. So, so fantastic. So anyway, I put, I put a couple of posts up there and said, you know, who would be interested in these? And I did a run of 30 boards and they all, they were all snapped up within the first day. And I thought, oh, okay. So this might be, this might be something. And yeah. so we just went, went from there. Right. So we, we started with the, um, the DIY thing and that's kind of become, that's become part of what we're doing is supplying these boards. And I've got one here to kind of, if anyone's wondering what the hell I'm talking about this kind of thing right so this mm -hmm. is our Kelly printed circuit board it's 2.4 millimeter thick mm -hmm. glass double-sided board you know and these things as i said kind of can form a backbone of your own build right so you you know you, you get a chassis your transformers you seat this into the into the chassis right obviously filled with components and then you hand wire everything else to, you know, your pots, your tube sockets, the whole nine yards. And so we kind of got set up with, you know, layout diagrams and that kind of stuff that people could follow. But we're not yeah. doing kits. You know, people often ask me, you know, can you, you know, can you give me a whole kit and something like that? I tried doing that. Pain in the ass, right? No, Every that's that's really hard to do uh, and and make it. I mean, it's a lot more profitable for you as a business to just sell the boards and, and some documentation and, 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 you know, not the, the thing. Yeah. It's sort of like to get any of these boards, you sort of have to understand what you're building. You sort yeah. of have to have an idea. This, have isn't, this isn't, this isn't the beginner board. No, this is you know, that, that start with a champ or something. Yes. <laughs> Graduate to an 18 watt. You know, move on to a 50 watt. Yeah. And then move on to more complicated things. But yeah. Because, because, you know, I see it, I see it even on your, um, so there's a the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, for Head First. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I see it, you know, I did this Jakey Lee mod and I did this to my amp and now it's, it's making this sound, you know, and it's clearly oscillation. <laughs> You know, oh, totally. uh, yeah. and if people yeah. don't know, really, if they're too new, they don't know what to shield and what not to shield and what. Oh, I can run a wire all the way across the chassis, right? <laughs> Correct. Mm, no, maybe Pretty not. Well, From, well, you can, um, but it's like you can. It might not work. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, or, yeah, or the wire is really close to the input jack and it's. You that know, Facebook group was set up out of me needing to keep my sanity basically because once i had some of these boards going out people were just emailing me oh yeah 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 individually i know you i know you know everything i'm telling I know you all Dave. about that yep 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 <laughs> so I was getting these emails and i found myself answering the same question over and over again i thought this is insane right so about uh it was january last year i set the group up there's about 900 people in the group now yeah and um it's got to the point where People can throw questions in there, and, and other and someone else answers for you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes even Dave. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah. I, yeah. I always, I always sort of laugh at the. I mean, I understand that people have to learn, um, but sometimes, sometimes I, I, I see a question. And I'm like, you're clearly a little over your head here. Oh man. Yeah. And and like and like, 
you need some guidance and that's okay, but you're clearly a little over your head. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit of buyer beware in this, right. You gotta, you gotta have some wits about you. Um, cause as we all know, right. These things in you know, high voltage DC, is not the most pleasant thing to be, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> your hands on, so to speak. Right. Um, you it's worse where slow. you are. Yeah, well, yeah, With the 240 two volt main, or 240 plus volt main voltage. That was, I always, I always laugh. I'm in Australia. I go, what's your wall voltage? 247. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Holy crap. yeah. I've seen it touch 250. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, the be the best word of advice for that is if the amp is spec for 240, get yourself a Variac. Yeah. Or some sort of uh, brown box, or I don't know if they make that for European. I think they I'm do. Not sure, actually, but yeah, getting, getting getting a Variac was one of the one of the best investments that I, that I made. Yeah, I mean, knock it down to two forty at least, if not a few notches below. Absolutely, it's, and it's just you know. it's just essential. If you've done a scratch build, well, there's yeah, nothing yeah. more terrifying than just flicking the switch and going, you know, watching looking for smoke right at least with the, the variate can bring bring the thing up occasionally i've had um actually recently i've had the the complete displeasure of working on a bunch of um hot very high powered amps so we uh -huh. had uh we had a park 150 watt amp we had a high watt 200 watt amp Shit. and we have currently a marshall major sitting here and when whenever you're working on these amps, very the 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 um, Variac is essential because <laughs> you literally literally like you you want to flick the switch from like you want oh to man as far far back as you can to go quick. <laughs> what is the what's the plate voltage on these things, Dave? Oh well, it depends on which one. Um, Pushing five hundred. The high watt was six hundred. No way. Yeah. The high watt was 600 and no different screen voltage it was just set up, you know, just a standard yep. screen good resistor. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, no, I think it was 600. That's nuts. I might be getting some of them confused now. Maybe, no, I'm sorry. The park was 600. Yeah, right. Park was 600 and that has 6550s. The the high watt has uh, six EL eighty fours EL thirty fours, and uh, of course it has already popped tubes three more times. <laughs> so six three aside, that's insane, isn't it? Yeah, and right now it's right right now it's like um, we're not going to retube it. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I this is the thing about um so much talk over the last what month is it right about about tubes and um as a you know as a kind of boat let's let, let's if i can describe myself as a boutique builder small volume right the hardest thing at the moment is transformers actually yeah yeah hard, oh totally and you, you 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 know we um so we're bringing to market this year this new 100 watt amp this alta 100 you can see it that's my yeah. prototype right there right top the top there and um 
it were using Hable or Iron in that. Oh, forget. It, oh, yeah. Well, let me tell. So here's the story. Right? Oh, um, so yeah. Look, I getting sourcing parts. Let, out me, here. let me just let me just apologize ahead of time. I know because um, <laughs> chances are the reason you're not getting your transformers is because of me. I I guess that. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you a little little story about it. So um, I've become really 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 good friends with um with shay from monomyth mm -hmm. so so he bought he bought a few boards off me mainly the kind of smaller stuff you know dc heater boards and effects loops and that kind of stuff and he's been using those and his he was using those and his mods and and so on and then we worked together um his skeleton key uh amp right the yeah. one and version two i did a custom board for him mm -hmm. Um, so those amps are built using one of these, you know, this this kind of thing, right? Um, but a, a one-off design um, for him, and we've just kind of been helping each other out, right? It's 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 been it's been really great actually, because you know when you live half a world away in Australia, um, it can be difficult to you know get things in and out of the US and getting access to that you know to that marketplace is not not always easy. So we went in together actually with um uh with jeremy from ground zero mm -hmm. and dave i'm pretty sure you know you know jeremy too right yeah yeah so i've just done a board for jeremy as well his helium yeah that he's um he's pulled together which is another really fantastic design um he's got uh a new board that i just finished probably two weeks ago um and it's probably just been delivered to his address maybe today tomorrow something like that right so he will, he will use that for the helium board of the helium amp going forward but we combined together and put an order in into Haybor. it's the only way to do it actually get a kind of a bulk order of you know with a reasonable number of units otherwise you just can't get in the queue and i i, yeah. I said i said to shay i said you know why and he said he said why is that and i said because they're winding Dave's transformers all day, <laughs> we can't get in, right? <laughs> well, that's because when you think about it, we have the whole well, all of Soldano, yeah, all of um, every one of my transformers, power and output, yeah, hundred percent. Um, are all are all from them who makes uh transformers for marshall and like drake drake okay in the uk still and then for like say evh amps and stuff like that you know i don't know uh so it's fender it's, it's, so it's probably fender, right? uh i'm not sure what's being used in that amp me neither i wonder where the fender have just got their own capability well they, sure. they 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 might um i remember pv used to have their own company that they would use and i don't remember the name of them mm. uh, essentially in the u.s essentially for most manufacturers there's haybor and haybor <laughs> <laughs> there there was magnetic components but they're gone oh, no. and but there are mercury magnetics still but I don't care for those. So they're pretty expensive. What about what about Pacific? 
Pacific exists. Right. Pacific is slightly expensive. Yeah. Um, although Pacific does a really good job. Uh, that is a possibility, and some manufacturers do use those. I know Fryette uses those on a lot of amps. Uh, right. Have for years. I know um, Bad Cat uses those. They can make what you want. I'm not sure if if they're going to make it at a price you want. Mm. I've um, got one of the 100 watt OTs and one of my own builds, and it, it it sounds fine. You know. Yeah. No, a lot of things sound fine. You know. Um, I mean, to be honest, the 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 transformers made by Hammond sound good too. That's another um, option, actually, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, they, the 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 Hammond, um, they they have Marshall clones and and different hmm. things, and and they're done slightly more budget, but not really. Actually, they're not really Haybors. It's about the same price as Haybor, really. Um, but they do a good job. I'm not sure where they're made exactly. I know, I know. Some of them, are, some of the transformers are made in Canada, but they. Like Pacific, they also have offshore capability. And that doesn't mean anything. Um, really, if, if you have the spec of the Transformer, it can be made a variety of places. Mm. Um, just because it's offshore doesn't mean. I think yeah, Pacific had a place in Mexico, and I think they had a place overseas, too. I don't know where. Um, and depending on the price point you wanted to hit and what kind of quantities you were going to do could it could go to different factories, but the design is still done at Pacific in the in the California. They're in California. I yeah. going to that, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, so we, know. We, it, it's like the Marshall. Okay, yeah. So the Marshall Marshall Origin amp and yeah, yeah, and or SV twenty and or. Mm -hmm. Whatever the, the 800 version is that you brought up in one of your videos. Yeah. Oh, that's the SV. What is it? The S. No, the SC20. Yeah. Now, they're the same transformers. 100% the same. 100% the same transformers in both hands. Everything's um, the same. Where those come from, I don't know. Probably maybe the Vietnam facility that they have. Because they do have a Vietnam facility that makes Marshall products. Yeah, well, like my my guess on that is that the the origin is actually you know fully assembled in that factory, and the Studio series, all of the parts are made in that factory and then shipped to the UK where final assembly. Where they put in the, a UK made headbox. Yes. Yeah. The head the headboxes are nice. Where yep. they tube it and put the chassis in the headbox, probably. Probably, <laughs> I'm, we're guessing. Yeah, we're, yeah, it's all yeah. Thing. But but it's, it's, it's all fine. It's fine. I mean, the, the headbox is considerably nicer on the UK brand. Yeah, they are, they are nice. They are nice, and I, they, as you said, I, I actually kind of tried to tried to show them side by side, and that. And, and that. frankly, those amps are made well either one inside. And they sound good. Oh, they it's, sound it's a thick board, big beefy yep. screws in the board. Yep. Nothing chintzy in there at all. It's a lot yeah. easier to work on than a PV Classic 30, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's for sure. Or 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 like if you get the one, can you mod this this PV5150? No. Oh. No. <laughs> no. They're, nice they're hard to Not if I have to take the board out. Yeah. Uh, if you have to take the board out of that, you're just going to be just like, no. 
You don't see many modded no, 5150s. You don't. It, it's rare. And there's some little tiny things you can do. You can do bias mod and some other little things and some other little tiny tweaks that you can do. But if you have to take the whole PC board out, it starts to be not worth it. It's too hard. They're, they're only one-sided. Those original 5150s yeah. are single-sided boards, aren't they, Dave? Mm. They're totally single-sided board with all these uh, via jumpers, uh, like straight yeah. wire jumpers, yeah. uh, jumping traces. Yeah. Um, yeah. What always amazed me by those amps, though, is as horribly as they actually were made, as cheap as everything seemed inside, they would never break. It's quite amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of amazing to me, actually. I mean, the preamp two boards flexing back and forth, they don't really break. They get dirty. They get crusty. You got to clean everything. You got to clean all the jacks, clean all the pots, hmm. clean the tube sockets. And then all of a sudden it's back to life again. It works again. <laughs> The, and I, don't, not, I don't understand. <laughs> and they're not they're not that noisy given the construction method. I you see all that ribbon cable and stuff with all the unshielded. Yeah, no, it's kind of a wonder it. to me. It's like, how does that work? <laughs> I, 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 I don't I don't know. Maybe there's something about the flex in the board that actually is is, <laughs> is giving instead of being stiff and the parts don't crack. Then you know, don't I don't know. know. I but uh, it it it's. They do always work. Yeah, James did some magic there. I'm not sure. It's James interesting. Brown. Uh, 357 Mag. I love me some Tone Talk. Best show on YouTube. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Love that. I love that. This is a cool question from Optical NZ. <laughs> Uh, maybe New Zealand uh, would be nice to hear Jason talk about New Zealand and Australia amp brands that used to exist back in the seventies due to the trade tariffs preventing imports of Marshall and Fender stuff. And then his stuff. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's, that's, hey, Matt. Uh, that's Matt. Hey man, how you doing? Um, oh, cool. So Matt lives over in Auckland, New Zealand, which is where I grew up. I'm a New Zealander by birth, actually oh. um, being in Australia for about, I don't know, 20 odd years, I guess, something like that. So yeah, when I was um when I was a teenager and in, in my early twenties playing uh, over there, um getting 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 your hands on that kind of stuff was really hard, right? You could you could buy marshals and some things like that. They started to become available, you know, probably in the mid-80s. But in the tube amp world prior to that, um, it was dominated by local brands right so brands like rocket and others and um and you they had kind of amps that were almost kind of you know clones of the kind of stuff that you could get overseas the things that you would see in guitar player magazine that you couldn't get you know you could go and find a um an auckland based company or over here in australia you know there were manufacturers in, in melbourne and sydney that were doing uh same kind of thing and it actually generated its own little ecosystem so um back in the in the 60s and 70s there were transformer winders here you know mm -hmm. there was a guy that actually um there's a transformer winder and i've actually got him to wind some custom um pts for me um who is literally only half an hour down the road and he's just retiring unfortunately right but mm -hmm. he his business grew out of you know that kind of demand where the imports because of tariff restrictions and so on meant that 
it just created a vacuum and then local businesses you know popped up right and these little these amps are are still are still kicking around um again my my mate hilton who i mentioned before that i one of the first turret board amps that i i built he, he still got he's got two um amps from an aussie manufacturer called called lancer and these are i reckon i've dated these i reckon these are late 60s amps right um all completely original transformers all wound hand wound in melbourne australia right all this stuff so there is this kind of vintage there's vintage aussie amps kicking around and you can they're you know they're kind of basement style circuits yeah you can mm -hmm. imagine whole whole four hole basement thing jtm 45 ish that that, mm -hmm. that kind of thing right no you won't kind of find anything that's you know going to rip your head off in high gain or, or anything like that but you know these old these old amps were actually used by by bass players um as well mm -hmm. back in the day yeah so that that stuff that stuff is still is still kicking around um just in terms of in terms of i, I think the second part of the question was was my stuff well i'm really just focusing on on this at the moment right this is the alta amp three channel amp it's all midi um so everything in that amp has been designed um by myself over i've been working on this thing for probably seven or eight months now and it's it's now at the point where um i'm getting a final revision what i hope is the final revision of the pc board done um, so did you find problems when you get when you made the first prototype <laughs> And, and the second oh, one. Oh, I forgot that trace. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Like the circuit w w worked, right? Everything that, yeah. you know, all the switching, all that stuff. It's layout, right? Yeah, sure. So the hard thing in PCB design is getting the layout right because it can be amazing when it's right, but when it's wrong, it's as noisy as hell. And because all the, um, all the circuit tracks on the board. I mean, you can put ground planes on the on the board and so on. You can shield it as much as possible, yeah. but it's not the same as shielded coax because in a shielded coax situation, your signal wire is completely surrounded with mm -hmm. with a ground shield, right? So on a on a PC board, that's not the case. The, the The track is still exposed to some degree and can actually get you know it can get coupling into it, and you can get you can get bleed and, and that kind of stuff. And um, the thing that the, the thing that I had to work around in this design, because I've got um, I've got DC heaters on the whole board, Dave. Right, I've got five yeah. five twelve AX sevens on twelve volt DC heaters, and you would think that you know everyone says DC heaters, yeah, it's going to be completely silent, no problem, right? Well, mostly. <laughs> If you've got that amount, that amount of current, what I found is like that amount of current flowing through DC, you can still get noise. I was getting, I was getting some hundred hertz um, hum. Really, coupling into the circuit. Yeah, it's amazing, right? The things that you discover when you when you experiment with this stuff. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's 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 all sorted now. It's it's fixed, right? So the the focus over the last couple of months has just been on the voicing, actually, of all of the. The modes because it's um it takes some work as as you as you'd know to get an amp to sound you know sweet when you've got different voicing options on it so it's got like a vintage and a modern voicing on it um we've got diode clipping on this thing that can be switched in and out and 
all of those things, when you change one thing in the app, the whole circuit is different, right? Sure. You, getting everything in balance, you know, you can't, you can, you can think of your design in isolation and you can look at every single gain stage by itself and you can go, okay, well, I know what, you know, this is what I want this to achieve or whatever, but you've absolutely, absolutely got to do it with a kind of an eye on the whole thing, right? Because if you change one thing in early in the preamp, it'll actually cascade all the way through and have an impact on everything else that you've done. So getting all those things in balance takes, takes some time. And I got to the point probably a month ago where I needed to get some, you know, independent reviews <laughs> of, of, what <laughs> I, of what I created and more than just what I was it's posting. Essentially you driven, you drove yourself insane. Yeah, you do, right? And, and, you, go, and, and, you, and, and you realize yeah. that you came back to the original design. No, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And I think, haven't I done this before? Like, uh, no. So I started. I mean, I do all these things. I record. I, you know, like. Keep a, a well, we it, inevitably always. It's it's like you have something. You go, I can I can make it better. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better, better. And you're chasing your tail. You're chasing your tail. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's better. No, maybe. Yeah. And then you go back to the original thing. You're like, no, nah, it was already good. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing is knowing when to stop right yeah. you know, it's like, it's i don't like, know if you ever stop i don't know if you're ever totally happy i don't think you're yeah. ever totally happy by the way so just keep that in mind um, i think you're right i think you're right you're always kind of listening to people and and trying to gauge feedback and then kind of subjectively listening to what they had to say and uh and you know maybe you disagree maybe you don't maybe you're like oh yeah i see their point okay maybe i should address that if i hear that yeah. enough yeah and, and also, it evolves over the years that's one of the things i was going to ask you dave is to how do you when you get to that point in the design where you've you've been working on it yourself what's the next thing you do do you get players to come in and or do you no i don't maybe it do you I actually never do. Yeah. Um, I mean, occasionally, but, 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 uh, generally not. Generally, I know when it's done and when I, and then maybe it might go to someone, maybe and give their opinion, but yeah. Yeah. Generally, you, I, I, at this point, I kind of know. Are you a being it to a reference point that you have? To sometimes you're being it to a reference point. Yeah. Sometimes you're like maybe you're referencing it to some old amps, or maybe you're referencing it to something else. Depends on what kind of amp it is. Right. Um, yeah, you always use the same signal chain, the same setup, like your favorite cab. Uh yeah, mostly. Sometimes I use different guitars, different kind of pickups, and different things. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I swap cabs depending just to see how it translates into a different cabinet. Um, but, but I've been doing it so long now. Now I kind of have a, you kind of know when it's there. I kind of know what I want to make and what I want to do and, um, what I've developed and, and what everyone seems to like, you know, it, it has evolved a little bit over the years. Um, it, the, but the essential circuit is still the same. Uh, it's just the power sections evolved or the filtering or things like that. Negative feedback yeah, changes, yeah. this kind of stuff. You know, you know, the funny thing, though, it's interesting. Uh, 
you can build two amps. You can put different capacitors across them. You can put a different set of tubes in them. Uh, different kind of tubes that maybe you hate even. And you take the, your reference and you put it on an amp switcher and you switch between the two in real time. And then you turn the dials of the one that's made with all the components that you don't like. You turn the dials until it matches by your ear to the mm. other amp. And then you're like, you know what? I can't hear the difference. Yeah. The yeah. controls are in a different spot. Yeah. You use the reference point and then you change the controls to get us. Oh, yeah, this one's a little looser. Okay, I'm tightening this up a little here and boost the highs a little here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, guess I what? Because people do tend to, you know, and we we probably all do this, right? We all tend to get fixated with certain things, like you know, I'm going to change the preamp tube in V1, or I'm going to flick from EL34s to 6L6s or whatever, right? And because I want this different thing, where in an actual fact, you could probably just achieve that thing that you're looking for by moving the treble pot. <laughs> You know? Right. Well, it's true. I mean, you can put a whole different. I've done it for people before. I'll put six L sixes in the amp versus the L thirty four. I'll put six L sixes and totally different preamp tubes versus the L thirty four amp. Dial them in to be the same again in real time with an amp switcher. Have them switch between it blindfolded, and they can't tell the difference. <laughs> so yeah. there's there is a lot of that. Mm. Um, Chris Picha guitar. Mark, do you ever play on YouTube or what have you? Uh, no, I don't really play on YouTube. Um, dude, I'm 53 years old. No one wants to be watching me on YouTube be playing guitar. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, there's a lot of guys out there who play guitar and do it great on YouTube. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to, uh, to bring you great guests and partner with Dave on the show. So, um, but yeah, I play with a band and I really got nothing to prove to get on YouTube and start jamming for everybody. That's just not what I'm here for. So, but thanks for asking though. Um, I want to get to some questions here. Modern vintage, uh, Dave, regarding a first time road case rack build, can you share build tips, general info for ideal road case depths with cables, rail insert, uh, inset amount from the rear and front companies you use, and so on? Hmm. Uh, I mostly use, uh, okay, so for a, I'm assuming you're talking of a rack, judging from what you were saying here. Um so there's there's some standard sizes uh, for racks. So a lot of times we do pedal drawers and racks and things uh, for people. Our pedal drawers are 18 inches in depth. So rail to rail depth needs to be 18 inches for for a, a larger rack, you know. Um, and then generally the rack rails are inset about an inch and a half, generally speaking. It depends on what style rack it is. If it's a traditional door rack that has a you know like a two inch or three inch depth in the door itself, the the rack rail does not have to be inset at all. If it's a kind of a Chris Crab style rack, which I use a lot in rack builds from um, a Encore ANS cases, uh, those racks are a flat door, 
So it does have to be inset a certain amount. So generally, I think it's an inch and a half they inset it. It can be custom, though. It can be made to your, your spec. Hmm. <clears throat> um, so as far as the, the company... I mean, for racks, if you want to really the really nice flat door racks that I use on some some racks that I, I have here, I use a, a Chris Craft racks, which are made by Encore ANS cases. Hmm. And the guy to talk to there is Jim. So uh, at least that's my guy. There's other guys. There's Art there also, and uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> for a rack, they make a really nice, cool rack. That's cool. Are there a lot of companies who do this? I mean, or it's pretty. I mean, pretty a, a, there, there's a variety, a variety of road case companies. Sure. Yeah. I have another company I use, Dragon Case, uh, that I use more for cases than racks. It just, uh, it, again, it, uh, what's the budget? How much they want to spend? What do you, what do you want to see? Uh, Chris Craft Racks years ago was owned by, it was a private company owned. Uh, by a friend of mine named Stintz. And Stintz was uh, this a Swedish guy that used to make these custom road cases that we all used. And a fabulous, you know, small, very small shop and made fabulous stuff. But eventually he sold the name essentially to ANS and they made cases hmm. uh, uh, quite, quite well. They've gotten better over time, actually. So I think the case currently made in that style from them is fantastic. They do a uh, internal shock-mounted rack now that's a, a floating rack, so it's not like the old traditional foam on the inside. So it's hmm. floating on motor mount kind of things, and there's an internal oh, wow. metal, a metal frame. Wow. So it's really nice. That is really nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not drinking anything today, Justin. Uh, what are you drinking, Dave? I don't have anything right now, so hang on one minute. I'm going to get my next, <laughs> my next one, and I will come <laughs> Okay. Hang what, on. About, what about you, Jason? This is um, this is the Jetty Road. Here we go. Jetty Road Pale Ale, which is a, a brewery, which is I don't know about an hour from here down the Mornington Peninsula. Oh, um, cool. And look, it's only one p.m. in the afternoon here, so I'm just taking <laughs> trying trying to take it easy. But it's Saturday. But it's Saturday. Right? It's Saturday. That's right. So it's and it's past midday, right? So that's yeah, midday. yeah. It's okay. Nothing. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I still can't get over it. It's 15 hours difference. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Tomorrow, I can <laughs> tell you the future. It's still the same as yesterday. <laughs> so we have now, we have Delirium Tremens. It's a little pink what, elephant. What is that? Uh, it is uh, a Belgian beer. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've never yeah. seen that. Look at you with the exotic The shit. little pink yeah, yeah. I decided that it was a Belgian day. So, actually, I don't well, drink beer much anymore at all, uh, but occasionally I do. That's cool. I'm I'm the lightweight tonight. Um, I went out and saw um, <clears throat> Pete Thorne and myself went out Tuesday night, <clears throat> and we saw Ian Doherty play with July Talk. Oh, uh, awesome! At a club here july talk is a great canadian band okay and ian was on our show right he was on our show yep yeah and he plays a dirty shirley mini and pete and i went out and uh well pete was pete pete was a 
Lit. Shall we say inebriated by the end of the evening? <laughs> I wasn't really, but he was. <clears throat> I look over at him and I'm like, how did you get that drunk? <laughs> I went to sushi first, but. Um, That's funny. Yeah, we had a good evening. And he, he had never really uh, experienced the band much, even though he's Canadian. Um, oh. And uh, oh, he fell in love. He was like, these guys are awesome. Hmm. <laughs> really good. Yeah. And then he found out the singer was from Edmonton, which was his hometown. So, mm. uh, so he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As he slurred it. A little, <laughs> a little Canadian love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stay curious. Dave remarked, does the JJ Jr. have more gain than the run 50? It will in the JBE mode. Which is the wrong clipping mode? You mean the JJ Junior <laughs> mode? <laughs> the the mode Dave does not recommend. No, no, no. I was referencing a video he made. Oh yeah, Jason yeah. made my my diode clamping. Diode no. clamping. Yeah. Is it done wrong? <laughs> or whatever it's you said. The, um, it's the it's the it's the Jose circuit with the master pushed in don't yeah remember which exactly one. yeah but i don't think at that point in time you realize that <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> uh Peter and then Urban. i had someone modify a be 50 in canada to be like the clipping that was in the video and he fucked it all up it. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked it all up it was oscillating and causing this problem, and I'm watching all these wires. And he put it this switch like outside the box. I'm like, it's okay if you want to do that, but you got to do it a better way. Did they send? Did they end up sending the amp to you? No, no, no. He he wound up switching it back to stock. Yeah. I'm like, there's a way you can do it, but the way you had all the wires going, you were just causing an oscillation, and it was causing an issue. And totally. I was like, you got to do it a different way. You can't do it that way. That's the because that's the that hot side of the cathode follower, right? That's oh my god, yeah, that's gonna bleed into everything <laughs> under the sun. That is, that the, is most the, 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 the part of the whole amp. That's the bane of the uh, of my existence in in making amp uh, board designs. Yeah. So the Great. output of the cathode follower that feeds the EQ is the highest signal level in the entire amp. It it will bleed through the air to another <laughs> to another part of the amp to the effects loop or something like that. It's true. Well, I did that. I remember I had a I had an amp. You have to be very careful. I had an you... amp. Yeah, the way the chassis was set up. Yeah. Effects loop board, which was a separate board, and they had shared coax to and from this board. Yeah. But the way it was on the amp chassis, it was set right on top of V two. Yep. And that was enough that the signal from that cathode follower was bleeding through the ear yeah. into that fixed loop. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, I mean, it, it's solvable, right? If you plan around it. Yeah. You, yeah. We had some old designs that were like that, um, that still exist that will be changed now. There's new, new versions coming that have fixed all those issues. Um, I've been kind of going through, all the products and making them more manu not more manufacturable just well yeah 
more manufacturable. Hmm. Uh, just going through and doing new board, new board layouts and new board designs and things yeah. that needed to be updated for years that just hadn't been. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's a constant battle. When you're producing a, a large number of amps, it's not just like, oh, we use the same board in these three amps. No, you need a separate board file for each amp with a separate bomb for each amp. So it can be organized and made properly. So mm -hmm. if you were to use an outside board stuffing house, let's say, because mm -hmm. you're doing such a large quantity, like say mm -hmm. down the street or something, um, they have to have the, you know, it has to be laid out so they can produce it. <laughs> you know, there's certain right. spacings and certain resistor lead spacings and different things that you can get away if you're hand wiring it and get away with a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, if you know, you, you're, yeah. the, the problem is you, you, you start to make so much, you, you're like, well, this is crazy. I got, I got it. We got to do something. We can't make it fast enough. We, we can't physically make them enough, fast enough. And then everyone gets mad. Where's my amp? I've been waiting for a Where's year for amp? it. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> it takes a while. Have you still, have you still, um, you still got many supply chain issues, Dave, or is that kind of starting to settle? That's, con that's kind of constant. Um, the, you know, sub parts here and there and, you know, have to work around and buy. Luckily, there's enough buying power. Mm. with boutique that they can go in and, and when they do find the parts, they can buy all of them. Yeah. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean like, we like filter caps. Now we order direct from manufacturer and we order way ahead of time. We started yeah. that process before all this happened. Yeah. And, and, and then finally, you know, six months later, we start to get those in, and and uh, luckily we have those. Of course, we got to place another order now, so we can get it another eight months from now. Yeah, well, mate, I have to say you have been very helpful for me. I this um, this amp here has got synergy caps in it, coupling caps in it. Did which... you like those? Fantastic. Thank you, yeah. mate. You, you, Dave hooked me up with, with Boutique and um, I put mm. in a pretty decent order and got a nice box of... They do sound nice. They do sound good, you know? Yeah, fantastic. They're rich sounding, but they're not muddy. They just sound... They sound close, really close to the mustards. Mm. Original ones. Mm. That's cool. Uh I want to mention we had a super chat at the very beginning of the show from El Dorado Guitars. Uh, he says, hey, guys, it's Mike from San Diego. Jason, you built me a Cali late last year. Uh, and Dave, you've done work on my Marsha and custom shop and service my 87 Jubilee. Oh, and yeah. Lee, and Lee Jackson 800. Love your amps and the show. Oh, yeah. Dave. Can't wait to get my naked. Cheers. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get trapped. <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah. I don't have any transformers. <laughs> uh, God, that sucks. Uh, so uh, thanks for your question, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Joseph, Joseph uh, LeBeau. 
I think. Uh, thank you. Hey, Jason, I just want to thank you for your Jet City mod video. It was one of the best modding videos on YouTube, and it got me tinkering into uh, all my amps. Uh, Mark and Dave, you guys are great, too. Keep up the great work. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, which reminds me, uh, someone wrote me, they're like, Mark, you say it's cool, and that's awesome a lot. So I may make a, sh a couple shirts that say, well, I say it depends. Well, yeah, yeah. but but generally it does. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to throw those on the back of the shirt as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna go. That's awesome, or it's cool. Uh, one of those two. I'll, so, oh, which reminds me, guys, check out our t-shirts uh, and products. You, you can get iPhone cover. You can get all kinds of cool stuff with our logo. Um, cool. So, yeah uh let's see there's all sorts of little things in the chat um oh yeah okay um geez they were talking about the origin 20 mods head first origin 20 mods and that some guy said it might be my next project um oh here we go can you talk about the head first origin 20 mods yeah yeah well, i saw that i watched that video Oh, did she well, you know, I, I, um, the inspiration. I have a question about that. Yeah, go shoot, go for it. So, so out of the first gain stage, you have the 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 volume and tilt control. Yeah, and then it went straight into the next gain stage. Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, yeah. Yep. I was just curious. I thought that would be a lot of gain and a kind of a lot of bass. Well, yeah. So I because you're I not was, limiting it with a resistor or something into the gain pot, or you're not, or you're not reducing the value of the gain of the the gain pot, or which yeah. tightens things up. And I think a couple of things help it. I'd be because if you think of a 2203, 2204 soul mm -hmm. architecture, right? You'll have that 470K, 470 picofarad. Straight in into the, the gain pot. And then mm -hmm. from the gain pot, it goes straight into yeah. the gain stage, yeah? And so in that origin, when I approached it, because I was thinking of like, you know, do I do gain stage, gain stage, gain pot, or gain stage, gain pot, gain stage? And I went the latter, because that's yeah. my favorite combo was that, the kind of the, the old, you know, 2203, 2204 style architecture. And um, I found that with, I think the combination of that game pot is really, it's not a one meg game pot. It's really, it's really low value. It's like, it what was it? Was it 100K? I think it's 100K. Right? Oh, yeah, it was 100K. Yeah. Never, never mind. That makes sense now. Yeah, it shaves a lot of, it shaves Yeah, that makes sense now. That coupling cap. Yeah. With into that 100k, yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's like a high pass filter, and I forgot. Right. I forgot. Yeah. If it was a one meg, it would be way too bassy and yeah. kind of screwed. And then I just sort of figured, look, I'll, I'll see how it goes by using the existing trim thing because I thought, oh, maybe that means that I can, if I dial it up, it's a little bit like that 470k, 470 picofarad network, which is yeah, it's a double, it's a 001 cap, wasn't it? 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Coming. like if you, dial, if you dial it all the way up, it's just like putting that uh, cap across the the, yeah. the input and wiper of the of yeah. the of the volume pot. Which, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, so it, it kind of just worked. So I grabbed one second hand. This was luck. This was not. I've modded one before, and I can't quite remember exactly what I did, but. Now that I'm remembering, it's the 100K pot. Well, yeah. You, where do you think I got the idea from? <laughs> right. The other, the other, the other guy that I li I listen to a lot is Pete, right? Pete Thorne. Yeah. I watch all his live streams and um, either live or after the fact because he often when he does it, it's 4 a.m. in the morning here, so I don't yeah. I don't get up for that. But um, I heard he said that you'd modded an Origin 20, and I went, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And he said it sounded killer. So yeah, I picked yeah. one up secondhand. This was over probably 15 months. It was last Christmas, mm -hmm. not the one just been the one before. And I, I just sent myself the project over the over the holidays because I, you know, I was still holding down a day job in case anyone doesn't know, right? This all the same stuff is outside of outside of ours that I'm pursuing because I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had, not, I had. We're not all getting rich from this stuff, by the way. Yeah. What's but, that I was saying about how do you? <laughs> How do you build a one million dollar amp company? You start with two million. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I was just—I had no idea what how you'd modded the one that you did. I had no idea, but I thought very similar. It's a platform that yeah. you could have a go at, right? So I think it's still by far my most popular um, video on my. On my well, that video channel. sounded really good. I mean, when I modded mine, I did the exact same thing. You lost the loop. You you turned the second thing into a cat yeah. follower. Um, I've only done one of those, so um, yeah. can't quite remember everything I did on it when I did. I I left the tilt control in some respect, but I don't think I left the darkening. Maybe I did. Do you mod it? Yeah, you could bypass it. You take your signal straight out of there and i might have put a resistor to on the way uh, in series on the way into it so 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 in other words the tail on 10 uh it might have been i might have put a 68k resistor in right. series with 100k to ground and yep, so was... on 10 it's kind of like you know like totally uh, ss or jj or things yeah, 100%. voltage divider between it and then if you bring it down, well, obviously that pads it down more. The other um, thing I'll be thinking about, because I've still got that original Origin 20, it's sitting over here, you can't see mm -hmm. it out of camera, but the um, back to what we were saying before, Dave, about how the, the components and the transformers in these Origins are the same as the Studio series. Yeah. So that mod kind of makes it like a hot-rodded Studio classic. But I'd love to rip my Origin apart and see if I can do a, a Plexi style with it right the s what do they oh, call yeah. it the studio vintage the sd20 yeah. mm. so and if that worked it would be a pretty inexpensive way to no it'll know. it'll work it's the same yeah you just got to figure out how to you what to do with the tilt control <laughs> i sure what to do with that but that'd be just turn it all the way up you could set it up as two volumes right you could have volume one oh as no the, you would the plexi you have to change the value of that pot you could basically parallel in yeah. V1 and use each of those pots as a um, one as the high triple channel, one as a normal channel. So you can you could blend them in maybe. So, 
Mark's just glazing over. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just thinking when, so I, yeah, when I'm gonna go take a nap and come back in a few hours. You guys will keep going. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a question in here. Um Guitar Jedi. Dave, can you remember the settings dip switches to emulate the Jose mod on the PVVTM? Oh man, you're gonna have to email me for that because I'm gonna have to look at the schematic. Okay. Uh, to actually please. tell you which switch to do what with. Is that amp? And it's relatively close. It's not exactly, but um, there's one mode that there's a few minor things that are different, but there's one mode on it that emulates closely the Plexi. Is it a good amp or are there things? Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Cool. It can. I mean, with a, a few minor changes, it could be a lot better. Like what? Just a few tweaks and the take a few things in and out and change a couple. So there are some mods, and resistors, and there's a few adds. mods that can that can happen to it. Yeah, <laughs> the the whole loop thing is kind of poor hmm. in it. It's a passive send with a oh, really? weird return. Yeah, look at the VTM schematic. It's interesting. Okay. Cool. It's a cool schematic to look at because I can see the lineage because they have the uh, 20 volt zeners oh, yeah. with a with a 1k series resistor with a 0.22 cap i think a 0.33 oh. 0.22 and so that came from jose because uh -huh. what it started off with it started off with the butcher mm -hmm. amp which was essentially an 800 ish sort of amp right and then they got mark ferrari's um jose and then they applied some things from that modified amp into the vtm that's what became yeah. the vtm is it a pre-time stack master dave vtm uh post oh it's post mm -hmm. so the clipping diodes uh, are you know just like the post version so post and but you can set the two stages, the 0.68, uh, 2.7s, you know, two stages in a row. The first plate resistor is 100K. It's That's not quite correct. No. Uh, the uh, Into the gain pod is like a 470K with a 470 picofarad peaker mm -hmm. into the gain pod. So that's kind of left over from the 800 totally. section. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good sounding as it is. I, 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 I haven't done it yet, but I think I have one here that someone sent me to do it to. But I think with that, just a couple little tweaks. The power section is a little different. It's 6L6s, and it's it's just a little bit. They are, but I think that architecture will be fine. I think just the front end tweaks will be just minor stuff. I'm not going to fix the loop on that one. It just, it's kind of a hassle the way it's built. Yeah. yeah, passive loops, no good. Well, it's passive send. Passive send, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah it's got a recovery stage on the return. It's it's weird when you look at it. Take a look at it. Yeah, well, it's Check actually it kind of cool. You know that schematics kind of neat, and looking at schematics from um like Laney stuff is kind of neat too. Looking at schematics of uh, you know, the early Laney AOR. 
I had one of those. ProTube, ProTube lead first, mm. and then ProTube lead, then the AOR series, AOR series two after that. If you look at those schematics, you're like, oh, look at that. They were like one of the first hot rod, right. hot rodded yeah. circuits. Yeah, that was almost modern. Yep. Again, a few tweaks could have made it great. Who? Which one was this? The, these were it's like the old Laney's, like the old Laney mm. AOR series amps and stuff. Mm. A few the minor pro things added. The Pro Tube Fifty. They had the Pro Tube One Hundred. Yeah. Oh, the first, the very first Pro Tubes were pretty much an eight hundred. Um, with some boosts, pulls, boosts, and some things. But then, and those, those are very rare. You don't really see those. You don't see them for sale. You never see those. I had, a, I had one. And I then came the AOR version, which was higher gain. And is that the one where they had split channel or the AOR? The AOR had a couple, couple nominal channels but it was kind of like one but if you okay. look at it, it the architecture seems like oh yeah this gain stage into an 800 yeah so it's like almost like a you know 0.68 stage with kind of a, a a low value pot after it so it didn't have a lot of base yeah. in into a jcm 800 just put into a very with some other weird stuff down, there was a gain stage after the EQ, but before the masters. So th there was some weird, there was some weird that's stuff, that's weird but that gain stuff. stage really had no gain. It was just like a buffer stage, so to speak. Yeah. Kind of mm. not necessary, but anyway, yeah. No, uh, like, so if you took out some of the trash and changed a couple values, <laughs> you, I haven't done it, but you could probably make it sound really cool. I, I tried to pick one up. There was one on the on second hand here a few months back, but I missed out on it because I was thinking the same thing. I reckon those things would be a pretty good platform to work on. Yeah, 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 yeah. They should be. I mean, judging from the schematics. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lou Sequoia, what's going on, man? Uh, hey, Jason, nice seeing you here. Where does this on the edge about to burst smile come from? Do you know what that means? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Maybe his smile. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Life's too not, short. Sad. I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was an inside joke, maybe you, between you. No, guys. I don't know. I don't know. Not too sure. No. Okay. Well, thanks for the question, Lou. Um, let's see. Uh, Mark, your room looks like mine. More gear than room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I have you like can't a little see all my gear. Like my, the way my camera's pointed, it's kind of pointing. It's kind of down. up and pointing down a little bit. Um, but you know, you, you'd see a lot more amps. But you have more room. <laughs> you have more room there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd there's be, more I'd amps. Be, I'd be worried if you didn't have a lot. There of we amps. go. We'll just talk like this. You just see my eyes. <laughs> what do you think? That's that's fine. Just see your forehead. What's the, what's the the Marshalls that are there, Dave. What have we got? So dead center is my 50 watt Plexi Marsh 68 Marshall. Beautiful. Uh, to the left we have uh, Mike Landau's number 13 SLO 100. Wow. Uh, a very early one. Uh, up above that is a blonde brown face Bandmaster. 
that has the most incredible tremolo you've ever heard. Well, uh, down on the left was the first Metro Friedman prototype that we did. Uh, down on the right, uh, uh, amp heads, uh, is my Jose. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, above that is interesting. Uh, there's a little rectangular box below yeah. a yeah. chassis of a JJ Jr., but okay. uh, that is a H&H power amp that was of designed course. to go under a head. It was like a slave amp. Hmm. Literally, a head can sit right on top of it. It's really cool. Wow. And then uh, an old uh, trainer on top of that, some amp amp switchers that are sitting there power station and my blue vox 60s copper top ac30 there you go that's a nice collection very nice collection um, oh, there, there's more <laughs> it's just that's what's there. Oh, yeah. uh i do have well, a pvvtm i also have a, a high watt 100 watt pa head that's been converted to dr103 specs uh, that I haven't finished capping, so I need to do that. I, I never finish my own things; they sit forever <laughs> and yeah. ever. And, and until like I have my help helper on Saturdays, and I'm like, uh, "Here, here, do this. <laughs> I'll pay you. Just do it." <laughs> so Paul has been sending you random PMs. Hey, uh, Paul. Uh, he says you're awesome. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. No worries. Peter Schaefer. What's up, man? Hello from London, Ontario, Canada. Um, let's see. I, I know we have more questions. Here's one. Here's one in the chat that's not obviously a super chat, but uh, mm -hmm. they were talking about the origin and how um, uh, this one guy, uh, a leech... Strizewski, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> I butchered your name. Uh, you know, he said he implemented the Zener dial clipping on an uh, SC20H. Uh, now the other gu guitar player in my band wants me to mod his Sovtech. He said midget fifty, but Mig fifty. It would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, the uh, SC20H is a cathode follower. And then he said the Sovtech is a plate-fed tone stack, not in my recollection. I have worked on those, and there was a cathode follower in there. So uh, it was essentially a, a, a JTM 45 or basement kind of circuit. I always so, thought that would. I've yeah. never worked on one day, but um, I know. Uh, well, here's the thing to know about those. Uh, if you look at them wrong, they'll break. <laughs> Fragile? The pots will break. So oh, no the way. very first thing you do is you rip all the pots out of it and replace them. And they're board-mounted pots, and they're really horrible. I was going to say. And it's a little bit of doing, but you replace all the pots, maybe all the jacks, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, once you do that, you're you're at a much better starting point. The transformers are fine. The, the chassis is fine. It's actually kind of cool. It's a little bit ratty sounding, but hmm. uh, but I modded one for um, I put a Dirty Shirley up, a mod on one for Josh from JHS Pedals. Hmm. 
because uh, he has, I think, the largest collector uh, yeah. collection of Sovtek MiG 50s in existence. So, are they, is the front end a bit like a 2204, Dave, and those things? No, it's, it's literally just a vintage four input uh, oh, okay. right. plexi basement style thing. So, you can do whatever you really want with it. It's got yeah. kind of interesting Russian strange parts you've never seen in your life. Yeah. Right. But it all works, and it's 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 kind of cool, and it, it comes out pretty good actually if you mod it. Hmm. Yeah, but you got to do some work ahead of time that just to save yourself the grief, change the pots hmm. right away. <laughs> uh, CAP cap. Uh, how do you know if you need to replace filter caps, especially on an old pre seventy two Marshall? Should I keep it stock or replace? If it's a 1972 Marshall and it's original filter caps, you probably should replace them. Okay. Unless you just love how it sounds and everything about it, then just leave it. Because it will change the sound. Generally, it's for the better. But if you're in love with a certain thing, I'm just saying it will change it. What's the plate voltage on a BE100 Deluxe? Uh, somewhere between 475 and 480 volts. Transformers do vary, people. So when you have batches of transformers, you notice not everyone is dead on 480. Sometimes it's 476, 477. <laughs> For eight, some are 480, 482. Uh, you know, they, there is a tolerance hmm. to them. Where do you bias them, Dave, out of the factory? Do you, <clears throat> it's kind of 65% around there somewhere? Uh, uh, 32 uh, milliamps or millivolts yep. per tube. Yeah. Um, I actually did a lot of testing with, with biasing and also. It can vary from tube to tube also. So if you use a certain kind of tube, like, for instance, on the EH EL34s that I use, I found that I liked it lower. Right. I actually did not like it in the middle range, like, say, 35. I actually liked it more like 30 to 32. So, like, I, I say 32, but what that means is the low tube might be 30. And if yeah. you have one that's a little higher, it might be 33 or 34, you know. So yeah. I kind of, that's the range. So, you know, I won't, the lowest I'll go is 30. It also depends on how loud someone plays, too. Yeah, totally. But Sovtech but 5881s and Dirty Shirley's are biased to 40. 40, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, pretty hot. And it's, but it's considerably better sounding that way on that particular tube. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really had much problems with it. Well, those 5881s are pretty robust, yeah? They can take... Occasionally they short or do something weird, but yeah, they're they're pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. They're gone uh, now. Yeah, <clears throat> the good old days, right? They're yeah. gone now. Uh, Partridge Transformers, and then we had another one about Marstrand Transformers. Marstrand Transformers are made to spec by... Um, for Brian Mars, Mar Brian um, from uh, Haybor. 
So Marstrand wow. are made by Haymore. Well, they're just they're just uh, custom to his, to his exact spec because he he's the one that tore down the Transformers and gave Haymore the specs. Mm. In fact, a lot of what Haymore goes off of is things that he has torn down over the years. Mm. So, oh. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Tone Revival Engineering. This is the level of geek that drew me to Tone Talk in the first place. <laughs> hey, it's Warwick. Hey, was. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. If we're boring Warwick. anyone to death, again, I'm sorry. And uh, go have yourself a drink. And um, Warwick's a go local, watch some TV. He's a local legend in the music industry here. Was. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Glad he's watching. Nice oh, to this uh, is a good see question. So, L. Scott Music, with the many brands that Bad makes, have they considered making their own Transformers? Uh, Eve Anna Manley managed to make it Ivana, work. Ivana Manley. Um, okay. Or Manley Labs. Um, well. Good question. Have we considered it? Yes, we've considered it. But frankly, I mean, it's just more employees. <laughs> and more headache and more uh, it's yeah I, I fortunately i don't have to do any of that but i do see the owner and i swear to god he's on the verge of a heart attack all the time <laughs> so because because it's just <clears throat> employing a large number of people is problematic it's crazy yeah to put it nicely um and the more you more you add on, the more problematic it becomes, especially in California. <clears throat> so yeah. uh, hopefully not, because <laughs> they like can imagine that that in itself builds an expectation of new product development and releases on your part, right? Because it's kind of like that's a whole, that's a big machine now, and it needs to needs to continue to operate yeah. exactly so it, it it's um that's the thing once you build a company to the size that say we are or you know boutique as a whole with mm -hmm. all the companies you need to feed the machine yeah it's hungry all the time you got to feed it and uh and, and it's it, it it after a while it's like well what what am i gonna make now shit <laughs> i don't know Luckily, luckily, the pandemic has given us a little sort of lull and break from that a little bit, you know. Right. Yeah, because um, it was a constant for many years. But it was constant, but now it's coming again. So, yeah, and so you know, but but the problem right now is actually manufacturing things. Mm. So it, it's like, oh yeah, I got, I got, I have these ten things lined up. Well, we can't put any of production yet. <laughs> we gotta get have transformers. We gotta have this. We gotta have that. We gotta have you know this. Can we get this part? Can we do that? Can we you know? Luckily, most of our stuff is not digital based mm. because chip. that 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 people are really screwed there. Getting a chip, you know? the chip shortage. Yeah, hmm. like I have friends at um um. uh sorry mental block there um um 
the new model or the 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 um not the the quad cortex yes yeah thank you uh and the parent company is what neural dsp thank you i don't know why i can never remember the name when i go to think about it um and i have a good friend that um is the head of sales there right and he's like yeah come out with this thing it took forever to come out with and then we can't make it <laughs> wow. they've been by the chip show i didn't realize that shit man. oh yeah chips and screens and all sorts of things you know um even simple things like you know people I, I talk to people like i can't get chips to do midi with i can't get this i can't get that i better stock up then um, <laughs> i've got a yeah. bunch but maybe not enough you know it, it's just hard to it's hard to navigate so you know so next will be vintage line because yeah. i don't have to do anything digital yep well yeah. actually not next there'll be another product in the the, the, the there's another big product coming Ooh, which we awesome. can't <clears throat> talk about cool coming but it's soon. coming soon maybe maybe end of summer okay so september maybe alex s what's up thanks for the super chat hi all mark had mentioned having his runt modded into a jj junior yes i did uh, can my run 20 be modded into a dirty Shirley mini? Sure thing. Easy. Wow. I wish I could actually, actually probably maybe a, a tad more like the big dirty Shirley than the actual mini was. Cause you wow. do have presents knob. Huh? Well, I might be sending my JJ Jr. It's easy. It's not. No, you're not. I just do the whole cosmetic and everything. No, fucking. Put it on a switch. I want both. I know. I love my JJ Jr. We'll, we'll uh, get you a run. We'll get you a run twenty and mod it. Okay, there you go. You're going backwards. Uh, <laughs> I've got so many amps. It's crazy. Uh, let's see. But the cool thing, if you mod that like a runt to be the DS, then you get the clean channel with it. Hmm. That's cool, huh? That is mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of things, we got to work on my pedal board whenever you get a chance. Yep. Um, well, so we can do a video on that. Uh, Dave, can you mod my original butcher? Yeah, that'd be fun. Man, I got to tell you those those PV the, the PV butcher and the VTM. So, if you remember, if you've ever seen pictures of those, right? They had the angled faceplate. So, um. You know, where the control panel was angled up at you, right? Which is actually a pretty cool idea, actually, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and the head boxes are really big and blocky uh, around the sides. But what you don't know until you own one is that the actual head case that the amp goes in weighs as much as the amp itself. <laughs> it's made out of like mdf or something and those right. thick sides yeah it it i think you could run it over with a tank and it'd still be in one piece um but man is it heavy i i've done this uh for people in my shop i had when, when i had the vtm out and the head case was just sitting there i go pick up that head case 
And they pick up the head case. And I swear to God, I didn't weigh it. I should. I think the head case weighed like 40 pounds. Just the box. And then you got the amp. And so the amp's not that heavy. The transformers are relatively big, but there's no choke. And the, it's open-ended on the sides of the chassis, and the chassis's not that, you know. The, the, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you could toss it down the street and it'd be okay. <laughs> right. Literally, it was kind of made to do that. Right. We used to have yeah. a joke because that. Uh, I remember back growing up, people that would have their own PA systems for their bar bands and different things. So they would a lot of times use these old PVP, uh, the PVP, uh, PA um, amps, CS800. Uh-huh. It's a big four space power amp. It was built, it was like cast iron face. It was like this really heavy. And I, you, you could toss it down the street, I think, and it would still work. It was like beefy. I mean, that was the whole thing. Made in America and strong. <laughs> right. I, was just, I was just looking at a picture of one day. Those things oh, the, the, the head? Yeah. The butcher CS- or the, the VTM? CS-800. Oh, yeah. That, that was a huge four-space, massively heavy mm-hmm. power amp. I don't think it was the best sounding, but it was a reliable, always work workhorse. Um, but yeah, you could, you could never break it. It wouldn't break ever. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, ponder. Thanks for the super chat. This is a great one. Keep nerding out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we can so, do that. Uh, would it be possible to incorporate from purposeful purpose, a favorite pedal into the circuit of a super lead, like installing the boss SD one circuit into the front end circuit? wise but in an amp sure boogie did it yeah totally can and and there's a few a few guys have done the whole kind of fet boost most you know high voltage lnd 150 style boost dave you know there's mm-hmm. that, that's pretty popular too right and it's some yeah. kind of concept yeah yeah you can uh, so like the, the 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 pv um not PV. I'm sorry. The uh, Mesa. Um, what was the last amp they had before? Like the Badlander it was the three channel thing. It was the. Um, mm, I don't follow their amps. See something. Uh, um, uh, Someone one of their chat. one of one of their last amps have. Um, have a tube screamer front end. Hmm. It's in the circuit. You can switch in and out. Uh, the Isn't Driftwood, that the, um, Driftwood, yeah, Driftwood Purple Nightmare has a. I think. I think. Pretty sure it's a TS nine. A TS nine oh. circuit. Yeah. In the front end that you can kick in and out. Yeah. Um, I'm just still trying to remember the name of that Mesa amp. I'll go look. <laughs> <laughs> To, uh, I, I got crown. it now. Not the triple crown. Yeah, triple crown. Thank you. So, so uh, yeah, J- that, that, that has it. I've seen the schematic. I know it's the same. Is it the the TC fifty or something? Is it? Yeah. Uh yeah, fifty or I think isn't there a hundred also? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Hmm. 
Steve Longworth, thank you. Uh, hello. What copper ounces and board thickness do you guys recommend for a good PCB PCP board? PCB board, you mean? Uh, I've heard some flex in the board can be a good thing. Thanks. Well, if it's a, if it's a, what was the, if it's a 5150, then flex is probably. Apparently, yes. <laughs> I go 2.4 millimeter and two ounce copper. It's definitely two ounce copper that we use. And I think our boards are slightly thicker than yours. Maybe three. Um, yeah, 2.6 maybe. We've done a couple different ones. So I, I think because uh, you basically, you should only make the board as thick as the re as the relay leads, yeah, yeah. not thicker. Yeah, you, they need to. They need, to, uh, they need to pop through the other end, you know. Um, so uh, you don't want them too thick. It could be two point four. We used to be honest. I think it's pretty. Two point four yeah. is pretty. Pretty thick, pretty thick right? now. Yeah, yeah. That's two point four. Yeah, it's pretty. We. That's yeah, sturdy. it's interesting. I've gotten really into like. Um, so I work with a, for all my boards, I work with a PCB designer that works very closely with us. And he was an aerospace engineer guy. And, and he's an amp guy. He knows amp circuits and things. And, cool. but it, it's interesting. Um, we have like a tag team thing going on. So like, you know, he'll do the, initial like kind of placement and stuff and then and I, i'm the editor yeah you know i'll sit there and go you know i don't like how that is can we even that out there and can we move that there can we move that there and and it's interesting because i'm the same way i can't write copy i'm, I'm not a good writer as far as copy for like say marketing copy or anything like that mm. If someone writes the copy, I yeah. am a good editor to the copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, don't that's say it that way. Say it this way or say it this way. And it's the same way. It's like, I think people, you know, I used to do some production and things, and it's like people would write the music, but I would be the producer. So I would be like, I get it. No, that's not quite right. You got to change that. And, and that's how my brain works, I think. So, but it, it's really actually kind of relaxing for me to sit there and stare at the PC ports traces. <laughs> and, and also when I, when I actually physically build the prototype, I'm like, oh, now I know what we can change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so once you, 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 you get a PC board to on the screen to what you think will be okay. And then you actually go to build the amplifier. You're like, you know, I can lay this out better. So this is less wires and less problematic to lay out. And these wires don't lay quite right. I want to change that placement. And, you know, you. Totally. You, you got you to bring it together because it's how it sits in the chassis as well, right? It's how it sits in the chassis. And until you, I mean, you can do a lot of it on the screen. And we've gotten in the rhythm where. We have a good working relationship, so it's just like, oh, I see what you're talking about. And then the next board we do, it's like everything that applied from the previous board is now applied to this board. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, it's like gets much easier. 
Absolutely. You, you absolutely. You, 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 at, the more designs you do, your newest design is better than your first one. Oh, yeah. No matter what, yeah. always better. And he's yeah. really good. He's a big proponent of. Uh, I mean, we do the ground planes a little different than your boards. Uh, it's a flooded uh, ground plane, top and bottom, uh, on a lot of it. Yep. And uh, which a lot of vias to keep the, uh, you know, the 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 um, resistance and the ground plane to be nothing essentially. Yep. I'm putting it very simply here. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you you don't want any resistance. You you want you want a ground plane to be one. You know, you don't want to read. If it's one ohm from here to here, you don't you you, you know, it should be 0. 0.4 ohms here and 0. 0.4 ohms here. Because then weird stuff starts to happen, right? Yes, it'll find a different pathway to ground, yeah. and then. Uh, uh, and and he's really good at that because again, he did aerospace for a lot of years, so he's yeah, nice. he has a he has a different kind of view on it. Power sections, though, we don't put any ground plane in. Same, yeah, need it zero. Uh, just uh, just in the preamp because there's more issues with uh, there can be more issues if you don't even if you have a, a the the allowed clearance for the high voltage there still can be issues um we're always really careful about that these days hmm. uh see some we're geeking out sorry we're just talking like bullshit here. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're into ground planes now it's all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's Dave and Jason's preferred modern production 12AX7 for V1? Yeah. Oh boy. Now or, or, or a month ago. Um, I was using the 7025, the EH. Low gain though. Yeah, but I think. Sounds good. Yeah, and the, in a cascaded, you know, if you've, got, if you've got an amp that's, you know, three gain stage plus cathode follower or more, I, you don't need. I don't think you need a super high gain. I have. Well, I would agree. Of course, I have had some people complain about it. Yeah, right. It seems yeah. like there's less gain than there should be. Uh, okay. Before before that, uh, I was using the Chinese 12X7Bs. Yes. When you could still get them. Mm -hmm. So I went from there to the 7025s, and now. Uh, well, now there's there's some different things on the horizon, which we won't yeah. talk about right now, but. But they sound really good. <laughs> That's what we got to say. That Ooh. sounds interesting. Uh, this is a cool question uh, from L. Scott Music. What happens to the prototypes after an amp goes into production? Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're torn apart and in pieces somewhere. Sometimes they're an amp that stays with me. Sometimes there's several prototypes and you just rip the board out of each one and rebuild another amp in it again. Yeah. Uh sometimes they're sample amps. Um I've been trying to do this now where where I when when we're doing all these new boards that we're doing, I'm trying to keep build one for myself when I do it. So I have a sample here of what's reference. Mm -hmm. yeah. as a reference. Yeah. Uh, 
I just do that off the prototype stuff and I just build an extra, you know, like I'll build two prototypes or something and then one will go to the factory and one will be here. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, long schlong silvers. <laughs> uh, okay. What's so not, what's not so common component changes to a 2203 yield cool results. Uh, also, Dave, can you spill the beans on the Sykes tone? Okay, well, the um, Sykestown. Well, Sykestown was a couple things. So, you know, originally on some of the recorded stuff, it, it was a Boogie Mark 2C Plus. Um, Coliseum, which I think is the super high-powered one. Um, but uh, as far as other than that, for years now, he's used Jose Modded Marshalls. And uh, they're... Like the last one I worked on for him was a JMP square switched late 78 ish era one he had. And uh, this one had, I think this one originally had the push pull master. So the pre and post tone stack master with diodes that were actually broken. So they weren't in the amp. <laughs> It was useless. Um, and on the front end of the Jose, if you know anything about this, on the front end of the Jose, um, after the first gain stage, uh, after the first coupling cap, there was another coupling cap to ground, uh, 0022 to ground, which actually Wait. cuts gain and high end. Yeah, totally. It, it, it cuts a lot of gain and high end. His wasn't there. So right. his was more gain. No. So more more along the lines of the the BE circuit actually, hmm. and um, and then when I restored it, I just I did give him the clipping diode option on a switch. Um, but actually, he doesn't I don't think he uses it with the switch. So now I haven't seen his fifty watt amps he used forever with Thin Lizzy. I hope I maybe one day I'll see those. So essentially it's a gain stage into a gain stage, missing one component. Um this is into you know, gain stage into a stock marshall with a master. Basically and stock marshal from there. Yeah. Yeah. And his hands. I was about to say, and then you gotta play yeah, right side. His monster hands. Well. Uh Lucas Mastro Pasqua. Uh Thanks for the super chat. Is there any advantage to using certain types of caps in in specific parts of an amp circuit? Example, where would mica be uh, for certain couplers or ceramic and resonance circuit? Thanks, guys. Um, it, um can be. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> It sort of harkens back to what I said earlier about you could have different components and different things in an amp and you have something to compare to and use an amp switcher and you dial in the second amp, which has different components to match the tone of the one that you're referencing. And majority of the time you can do that. Yeah. There are a few things that I like better than other things. There are a few caps I like better. The Synergy Mustard caps, I, I tend to like better than a lot of caps, but it's not set in stone, but 
but they do sound good and a little bit richer, just a little tiny bit. Um, ceramics versus mica, you know, what, what mica, you know, CDE mica mm -hmm. or the cheap mica, or there's, there's some great ceramics that I found that I liked because I really did like mica for treble caps and mixer bypass caps and things like that. But then I found, you know, everyone said, oh, no, we like ceramic because it sounds this way. And I don't like sometimes I would put them in. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> and then I went down this whole rabbit hole of trying every ceramic cap known to mankind <laughs> to see what the differences were. And there are differences and how they sound. They have to go uh, they have different colors. <laughs> they're different colors, too. Yes, yes. And so I picked the ones that are orange because orange sounds better. Yeah. Orange sounds better. Orange, orange sounds, sounds better than blue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but the orange ones actually did sound better. <laughs> no, but, no, the orange uh, ones. <laughs> uh, it's a, a five-six-one series of Vichy cap that is very, very uh, because it's coated. It's very stable, and um, they do sound pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I started using those because I had a lot of problems with Micah failing. Hmm. So. Um, Micah's failing are bad. So we had to go with something else. And that's kind of what I've been using ever since. And it works out well. Okay. 40 grit. Thank you. Hey, Dave, we got my it depends shirt. Awesome. Any D martini updates? Well, he did go to sushi with me on my wife's birthday. That's the only update I have for you. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Eventually he'll do the show. He'll come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Come on, we're gonna Warren. get Cantrell on. Come on, guys, we're gonna get Cantrell. Cantrell's yeah, actually right. gonna happen. It just yeah. win. Yep, we're in touch with management. Yeah. By the way, I wrote you a text. I'm like, when is Cantrell coming on? And then I realized I'm like, oh, we're still waiting to hear from the management. By the way, so well, it's, I think it's not about that. It's about that he's on tour and we gotta right. wait till he's back. Exactly. And that, and then we'll get him on. Yep. Clint Norwood. What's up, man? Uh, since uh, Headfirst, Monomyth, and Ground Zero use the same PCBs, Transformer brands, have you guys given any thought to combining companies for U.S. and Australia markets? Yes. So um, this amp here, right, when it goes into production, which is probably going to be the middle of the, this calendar year, uh, Shay will be manufacturing this for me in the US out of his shop. Um, so we're definitely uh, down that down that pathway. So that'll be available for, you know, built and delivered in, in the US and get around the, the insane shipping costs from right. Australia to the US, right? It's costs, you know, like a, a UPS amp to ship at UPS from here to the States to West Coast is like 400 US dollars one way, right? So it's nuts maybe yeah yeah so um when you're doing them one at a time that's that's kind of where you're at so yeah that's definitely the plan um and i'd yeah i'd, I'd love to do the same in reverse for sure I, mean, I know there's a lot of australian guys that are very interested in what uh, monomyth are doing so yeah well i'm sure we could work that out that's super cool um 
Oh, sorry. Barry C. Where do I get an It Depends shirt? Uh, so if you go to our store, which will be below the video or any of our other videos, there's the uh, YouTube store. And then um, you'd be able, you should be able to go there and then click on it and it goes to spring website click click on the t-shirt pictures yeah <laughs> okay dave dave much easier I simplified it. he simplified <laughs> it exactly His, Scroll down, click on the pictures that have t-shirts on them yes <laughs> all right because that's uh, what comes up in this uh, across our screen exactly uh, correct yep uh i know p i know p thorne on his videos just has a link he doesn't have the whole pictures of the shirts Oh I yeah, don't know, I don't know why that is. Maybe he just yeah. like, oh really? I didn't know. Maybe you have an option. I'm not sure. Uh, for Jason, can you talk about the guitars on you have hanging on the wall above the amps yeah. by Cots and Sykes? Yeah, that's just a, that's just a, a few of them, but that's some of my favorites. That that gem flower pattern I've had since '88. Oh, that's mm. cool. It was original. It's my original one. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, got it brand new. And it's been with me ever since. So as the as the kind of the guitar I learned on, so to speak, you know, um, mm. been with me forever. And we'll we'll go to the grave for that one. Um, yeah, the Cotson's cool. Cotson Tally, I've had that for a little while. It's um, it's a bit of a beast, right? It takes a bit of getting used to that thing. It's the neck is, it's baseball bat. Mm. It's pretty comfortable. You get used to it, yeah. Um, I don't play it heaps these days, but it's. It's a pretty ripping tally. It's not. It's not the tally that you buy when you want a classic tally sound. Yeah, it's more rocking. Definitely, it's a rocking tally, right? It's got a hot rails kind of humbucker thing in the bridge there. That is a um, that custom at the end there is a '57 reissue, so like like an R7, mm. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, and that's they've done it beautifully. Like it's um, it's it's done period correct i think right so it's you know nitro finished the whole the whole thing right and yeah. it's got that one is the um it's 100 percent mahogany there's no there's no maple cap hmm. on those those r7s so it's got a kind of unique sound for a les paul it's got it's a bit um i don't know it's, it's not quite as snappy perhaps right yeah yeah right this is um this is a pete thorn signature oh nice the gold and that's cool. how I would get. That's how I would have gotten it too. In the gold, yeah, that's great. Yeah, the gold's cool. This yeah. is killer. This is like oh, I keep coming back to this thing. It's just gorgeous. It is amazing, and it's just these things come out, and they're just like they're so precision machinery, right? It's just yeah, it's a joy to play. So that's probably that's probably my favorite. I mean, I've got other ones that that gem is far more sentimental value. Then, I saw you had like a a red. Kramer, newer Kramer. Yeah, yeah, that's some. Um, that was just, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I'll grab it. Hang on, two seconds. Sure. Oh, Smy Tree, bartender. Another round for all my friends. Cool. Thanks. Oh, man. does that mean I have to go get another beer? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's the Kramer. That's cool. Oh, yeah. This nice. is the um. This is the USA one. Yeah. You know, they. I think they had. They got the USA nineteen eighty four. This one. Yeah. And then they've got the the new kind of reissue, which they call the eighty four, mm -hmm. which is I think is perhaps Korean made or something. Yeah, it is. This is the original reissue, I guess the nineteen eighty four one. So it's got the old Floyd on it. I think it's a JB. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it is. 
Is yeah, that a poplar body on those, or what is it? The body? Basswood? Poplar, basswood? What is it? I, I think it might be alder. Um, but it's got a really nice neck. This neck is, it surprised me, actually. It's a little bit a little bit chunkier. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this way, mm-hmm. but not, not too much. And it's got that um, that natural finish, you know, that kind of oil. Yeah. The natural finish on it, yeah. Kind of like Charvel kind of style. Or, right, right, right. You know, the Ernie Ball, just that oiled kind of finish. Yeah. It's really nice. That's a nice um, guitar. That's cool. That, that's cool. It struck me. I saw it in the video, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like the gold logo on the red. I don't know. It looks kind of cool. Well, yeah. I, I've been, you know, I've been toying with the idea of stripping this and actually doing a 50, 5150 tribute. Nah, but just leave it like I'm that. Not that. I'm not that good in the paint shop. So no, just leave, just leave, leave it like that. Just leave it I'm like that. Like, yeah. I might leave it like this. Yeah. I know somebody who can hook you up with a 5150 replica. So. Really? Yeah. I've yeah, got why. What's that? that? I do too. I'll tell you offline. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they, I know a couple guys who uh, make some great relics of the fifty-one fifty. Oh, I'm oh, talking. Uh, oh, oh, the fifty-one fifty replica. Yeah. Oh. Like period. Like the original. Then there's the original one that Fender makes. Yeah. Right. Also, which is yeah, the, the, the same Frankie. One. Pete, Pete uses the Frankie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a guy there too. yeah oh you know what before we get to this question i had a question for you guys um so i just got i just got a strat uh strat ultra from fender awesome guitar i love the neck on that guitar really it's great it's built amazing but does anybody like strat single coil fender i mean uh bridge pickups yeah yeah you like a bridge strat it's not it's not it's a strat. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be your humbucker. I know. It just sounds so weak to me. If you, um, if you, I mean, maybe these ultras are already like this, right? But the classic mod is to, is to move one of the tone pots to the bridge position. Cause yeah. some of the, some of the early strats, right? Those two tones are just for the, uh, the neck and the middle pickup and the bridge is just coming through. Mm. You know, yeah, you move, you move the you move the tone to the the bridge pickup and you can roll it off a little bit. Roll it off. Yeah, but there can be better bridge pickups too that are still single coil. You have a telly, right? Do you like yeah. your telly? Yeah. How that sounds? Yes. So then, so then a a bridge pickup and a strat can sound at least like that. Right. So you can get a telly sounding bridge. Pick up. You just need a slightly right. hotter, hotter wind. Yep. Lindy. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Is it yeah. is it too weak or, or too too trebly? It's both. It's both. Yeah. It's just the bridge pickup. The middle and the uh the neck are are great. And they're no they're they're the uh, newest version of Fender's noiseless pickups. Oh. Yeah, right. So um which is fine on a middle and bridge, but for me, I think on the neck and the bridge, I mean, excuse me, on the middle and the neck, it's fine. But for the bridge, I want something a bit hotter. Um, so one thing you can try that's pretty is do that. Make sure that the tone is on the bridge. I think Maybe there bring, is the way bring the height, try bringing the height of that pickup up a little bit. Okay. It'll, it'll, you'll get more output and it'll be brighter as well, but it, you can roll it back with the tone. Roll it back a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might work, might work for you. I'll try it. Yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, Guitar Rocks 777, thank you. Uh, I have an 89 Laney AOR 100 amp head. Any amp, any mods or common problems with the, uh, the amp gets? Any pedal recommendations? Run a Boss Super Drive over with overdrive with it. Okay, so we were talking about this earlier, and um, I, I think I think I think there's all sorts of mods you could do to it. Um, although I haven't done any of them, so um, I don't. I yes, I'm sure it could be much better than it is with a few minor tweaks. Actually, it's it's probably a case, Dave, where it's going to benefit a lot from taking some bass out of the early part of the preamp. It's Absolutely, yep. One of those uh, ones. Uh, I it's, it has a little. Yeah, yeah. I forget. I have to look at the schematic again. What the? Uh, maybe I'll look at. The Change schematic. the first coupling cap to a point oh oh two two, something like that, right? Um, it's probably probably the case. If you find the amp a bit, I don't know, a bit bassy, a bit bloated, probably just can benefit from taking some bottom end out early in the amp. Um, I'm actually looking. All right, here we go. Because. Uh, I'm just refreshing my memory, um, and let me find the right schematic. Um, and it's probably a good time to ask this question as well. Same thing for a Laney AOR 50 watt, and doing a mod for bass. Um, <laughs> the, the bass has to be on zero because it's too much. Bass? Uh, for bass, yeah. Is that because there's too much bass? He's, he's saying that he has to run it on zero. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's saying. Um, he said, uh, it pulled the bass knob. It has to be on zero. Still better than not pulled. Love the. Oh, amp. I see what you mean. You have to have the bass knob on zero. Um, yeah. Well, that's because I'm going to have a schematic here in a second. So I can actually speak. Properly, AOR fifty. Well, I guess that's probably fine. Um, yeah. So the first, uh, the first coupler, coupling cap is a O two two. So the very okay. first thing you should do is you change the very first coupling cap to a much lower value, double O two two, maybe. That that automatically right there is going to get you in the the ballpark, totally. because essentially what happens is you have a, a two point seven um, k forty so oh maybe now in this schematic the very first stage says it's a two point seven k resistor cup uh, uh, cathode resistor with a this is handwritten, so I'm not sure. <laughs> a point, a point four seven, right? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Or a forty-seven, but I don't think it's a forty-seven. It might be a point four seven, but I could be wrong. I, I should look at a different schematic and see. And the first coupling cap again is the big one, and then it goes a hundred k resistor in series with a hundred k pot after to ground, and then into the next stage. So effectively, a hundred k, hundred k divider when, when that pot is on ten. 
Yeah. So you're good there. I think that'll be fine. Uh, just change the first coupling cap, hmm. shrink it a lot. And the next stage is a 0.68, 2.7 K stage with a 022 out mm -hmm. and then back into a one meg uh, pot and then through a 68 K series uh, resistor into the uh, 10K uh, gain stage, a 10K cathode resistor, so cold clipper. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's like the 800-ish, sort of. And then out of that, it goes into your standard mixer resistors that, of a Marshall standard cathode follower with no bypass cap in the first half. And the EQ is decoupled with a 0.22 cap. Wow. Okay. So it's uh, the EQ is decoupled uh, because they have all these push pull pots. Ah, uh, yeah. That change. Um, there's a, a mid boost which changes <laughs> the value of the treble cap. There is a. What else we got here? <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> uh, this is this is total geekdom here. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing this, this a typical EQ, and then it comes out of the treble wiper and goes into this. It's not really a gain stage. Oh, it's, not it's a mass, kind of, oh, this is this recovery stage thing, yeah. It's a recovery stage, but it's really more of a buffer. Okay. You have to take a look at that. It's it's odd. And is then it, it comes out of that buffer stage and then goes into the masters. Is it coming off the cathode or the plate? On no, the stage? plate. But it, they're hundred. Uh, they're hundred k. Um, well, there's a voltage divider, and then there's hundred k um, masters in parallel. parallel. Wow. Okay. I, hold on. Wait. Is it in parallel? Some of these. There's a t like a, a bright cap that uh, for the top boost circuit, it's a bright cap across a master, which is a pull gain pot thing. Right. And then they did they did interesting things because they did um, uh, uh, op amp effects loops in these amps, um, quite nicely. Uh, a kind of a uh, it's pretty pretty early to be doing that, yeah. Just. Yeah, the whole architecture of this amp, if you look at it, is before it's uh, time. Before before it's time, it, it it kind of is the predecessor to what became the hot rotted um, hmm. generation of boutique amps, so to speak. Yeah, it's cool. And with a few minor changes, I, I do think it could be really good. So, cool, Joe. That's Farrell? what I know. Uh, idea for an amp. If a black face and a plexi had a baby, master volume and gain in the circuit, does it exist? Would you start from a black face circuit or a plexi? Discuss. Thanks. Love the show. Would you mean two channels? Yeah, because that's that's two different architectures. Or blend, you mean blended together into one kind of one channel? I don't know about that. But... So I can tell you that a long time ago there was an, uh, there was an amp called an um, Ignator Dual Tone. Mm -hmm. which I was involved with, which yep. had a, uh, it was a, a, a fender clean channel and the other channel was a plexi. And then they were blended into the hundred watt plexi power section, but there was no masters or anything. 
was just could you blend the two channels together like or they actually if you fed both inputs you could yeah yeah but yeah, generally cool. not it was just designed to be like a b or something One or the other. yeah 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 um there's my wife hey April. <laughs> hi <laughs> my wife never does that uh it's okay uh she couldn't we'll say hi to us hey dana what's up dana um actually she did post something in our last chat and i didn't know because it was an, under a different name was it yeah oh what's up amanda hello amanda hey uh, we've got some females watching the show i love it um one well <laughs> Maybe, my wife. <laughs> Maybe a few. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, what's up? I have a batch of around 60 plus Marshall 00010 and SED uh, wing C's laying around. And I decided to match them fours and twos within how many MVs would you consider them matched? And what would be a safe max difference? Four, five, maybe. Four, three, four. Somewhere in there. Hmm. Five max, but I would like to see it a little less. Yeah, it makes you four, feel a bit uncomfortable. Four, four is probably my kind of mm. max. Will you be at Summer Nam in Anaheim? No, we covered that. Uh, he'll be walking around, though. No, I might be rocking around. I, I, If I decide, you know, I probably will. I'll probably go. Just, I want, I kind of want to see what, what it's been reduced to. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be one convention hall that's what i want to know you mean like one floor yeah yeah it's sad it's sad knowing that what it what it was peaking a few years ago but but it was on its way out i think it was a kind of an antiquated business model that cost you're the right actually so much money you're right and i i don't I don't I don't know what the benefit was for anyone. Really? It became a social event. That's really what it became. It's a social event and that was fun. Yeah. Right. That's and really I like that. You see people that you don't see but once a year or something. Um but to spend $150,000 and you know or whatever. How many great. sales do you have to write to 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 break even? A lot. Yeah. You yeah. don't. You don't break even. A lot. Dave, do you, think, yeah. do you think that it, the way that things have unfolded over the last few years with the pandemic, that it's it's opened up opportunities for direct? You know, what does it? I guess my question is, what does it mean for for the dealers and the retailers, given that everyone's just kind of getting used to doing everything online now, including hearing? That's a good question. I mean, there's there's you know a bunch of companies out there that do direct models, like Fractal, for instance. Yeah, um, always direct model. Um, uh, I mean, more and more people buy stuff on the internet, so I mean, they don't they don't go to the guitar store to 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 check out the latest gear. They see it online. They 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 see it online. They watch a video of it. They go, "Wow, that's cool! I I, I think I want to get one of those." And then they go buy it from Sweetwater or, or they buy it from one of various other online retailers. You can now buy direct. And then, from you know, and they get free returns. So like, you know, it's, you don't like it, you can return it. Okay. You can try it in the privacy of your own home. 
with your own guitar and no one can hear you playing horribly <laughs> if that's the case right um you know you can feel comfortable you know anyone can feel comfortable doing it and then you don't like it you send it back exactly you don't like it you send it back you have a you know x number of day return policy but and some but Fen like fender I, and gibson i think are actually doing direct now yeah there's some there's there, i mean there's a lot to be said for that because you know I mean, now you have the opportunity to be able to market and drive the, the people buying to your your product. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, you know, I think distribution through a bunch of stores like a GCs or Sweetwaters and things are great for a brand, breaking a brand. Although once a brand's established, of course, you can't really go backwards. It's kind of a weird yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, then you piss off all the dealers and you, right. you just can't do that. So um yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting yeah. to see what happens. Uh, I, I, honestly, I think if you can keep your business direct and you can keep it on a small scale and you can make enough money doing your business, you have a big enough name and you're doing enough volume. I think it's great. Yeah. Right. You know, like if, if one person, let's, let's say hypothetically, if one person is making amps as just you or two people or something, or, you know, and you can turn out X number of amps a month and you can sell them direct. You can make a good amount of money on them. You might be able to make, you know, without any headaches, be able to make what, you'd like to see in a salary yeah you know as you exactly. get bigger it doesn't necessarily mean you make any more salary <laughs> you, it yes. just basically causes more headaches and you you're making the same salary yeah i get it oh so, uh it, it it's interesting it's an interesting thing mm. yeah uh fixed pedal boards thank Tim. you Tim. <laughs> Refresh my memory. What's the difference between a small box and BE50 tone wise? Plus, are you down to build me another 100 watt Dirty Shirley or are you booked up? Kick ass show as always. Hey, thanks, man. What'd you do for the last one? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim, uh, 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 small box and BE50. Well, BE50 small box has a plexi channel and a, it's simple. It's very simple. Just two gains, two masters, one EQ, and has, you know, a, a plexi channel and a kind of BE channel. The B50 has, like, a Bucks and Betty clean channel. It has a BE channel and an HBE channel. So um, both are cool. It's just a question of do you want to keep it simple or do you want it more complicated? Do you need a pristine clean or do you not care about the pristine clean and do you want the um plexi you've got your adjustable negative feedback and all that too right dave and the uh yes you do you have adjustable negative feedback and d deep but for you tim you could have any of that on your small box if you wanted mm -hmm. um and 100 watt ds yeah i can we can do something for sure okay. and tim 
just to clarify, Tim is the one that makes all the metal work for Boutique. Oh, nice. So oh, wow. All the chassis. Oh, wow. Cool. And all our stupid pedal boards and everything else. <laughs> Thank you for making cake pans for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we always uh, joke at the cake pan. <laughs> it's really just a big cake pan with holes in it. <laughs> uh, what, what are they made of steel? What are they made out of the uh, chassis? Steel or aluminum, depending on the amp. Okay. Most most of our chassis are steel, uh, with two of them being aluminum. What's the purpose of the aluminum for us? Actually, to be honest, I have no idea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? It was left over. It was left over from, uh, you know, a bygone era. We, hey, let's make an aluminum chassis like an old Marshall, and then, and then we made an aluminum chassis. And then, to be honest, uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, can you aluminum talk about is actually more expensive? Is it? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, actually, currently, who knows? Tim could answer that. <laughs> aluminum or steel, Tim? Which one's more expensive right now? Probably aluminum. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm wondering if you could talk about the wah pedal you modified for Dean DeLeo. Well, it's a crybaby wah that's modified. <laughs> uh, and, and it's killer. Uh, and it's killer, right? <laughs> it's a, and it's killer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, he's got a couple of them. So um it has a true uh so it, it would it took older was and had it put a true bypass switch in them, converted the circuit if it was a newer wah to more of an older circuit, and then gave you a, a three position, three or five position, depending on which one and which era I did, a sweep kind of switch. So as you Turn the sweep switch, it gets more gain and a wider sweep. So the lower frequency goes lower. I did I used to do those all the time for people back in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff. I still do them, but this doesn't happen very much these days. It has to be, it can't be any of these new WAS with all surface mount components. Screw that. No, not gonna do that. <laughs> has to be an old like an older WA with all uh, through hole components. Yeah. Okay. Uh Robert Eastwood, I see your super chat, but I don't see your question. If anyone's playing uh Tone Talk Bingo, that's one of them, by the way. <laughs> uh I love that. That tone talk bingo just cracked crack me up. Uh <clears throat> can you guys talk about the difference between master volumes and attenuators and amps? Dave, why did you choose a master volume? Seems like an attenuator should be a better in theory, but does that work in practice? <sighs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, the majority of the sounds in our amps come from the preamp section of the amp. So it's very simple to add a a volume to the end of the preamp section. An attenuator really is used more for an amp that derives its tone from cranking it on 10. So um, like a vintage Plexi, a vintage Vox, a vintage high watt, or things like that. Um, 
we're not deriving any of our tone from that kind of power section distortion. Mm. So um, that's the difference, basically. There's no need for an attenuator on our amp. In fact, because we have so much front-end gain, if you distort the power section that much, it's going to sound like crap anyway. It's mm. mushy, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just too much. It's like gain on top of gain on top of gain. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like not, not good. Um, I think I passed by it, but someone said, I really like, oh, here, I like this show uh, because seeing the wall of guitars behind Mark makes me look sane to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes please use me as an if you example could, if you could see the number uh i mean i there's guitars at home there's guitars here there's guitars i'm trying to sell <laughs> guitars uh there's boxes and bins all down the hallway here of and stuff pedals pedals and pedals there's more stuff laying around here that I haven't touched in ten years, it's hard to it's hard to believe. Like I, bins of like, wow, there's twenty Wawa pedals in this bin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should pick one I really want and sell the rest. Yeah, you need to go through that shit. Well, yeah. that's that, that's kind of the plan. I started doing it, and then I kind of slacked off, and I didn't. I'd do it. By the way, I still have a Charvel uh, pick guitar for sale. Oh, show, show it. it again? Yeah, is show it. it. On reverb, Dave. No, he just wants to sell it off the show. He sold the other two guitars, I think, that he had. Right. So, Charvel, Fixed Bridge, Sassafras, right? JB, Sassafras, two Duncan something single coils, uh, SLS1s, maybe. Um, cool neck, brand new. It's like brand new. Nothing. What, what's, what's the price on it? Locking tuners, six fifty. That's a good deal. Well, that's a good price. Yeah, it's a good price. It's a great guitar. It sounds great. I just don't need it. All right. <laughs> hit, hit me up or hit Dave up, and you guys can grab it. It's never been about need. <laughs> I'm not joking. It really does sound good. I mean, it sounds really good. I've heard good things um, about those guitars. Um. Just don't need it. <laughs> no question. Just a thanks, guys. Thanks, okay, James. Uh, done electronics my whole life. HP, Agilent, Tektronics, and refreshing my 40-year-old trainer got me digging back into tube amps. Oh, cool. Geek cool, on. man. It's awesome. Beautiful. beautiful. Uh, Ashley Moores, happy head first customer here. Awesome. Dave, what do you think of Jason's 69 Plexi restoration? Cheers from Sydney, Australia. I, I was there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but I wish I was yeah, there. Yeah, Dave, Dave gave but, me uh, um, a bunch of advice on the way with that one. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I think ultimately, like it, I, the progression's been really fun to watch. You know, yeah, cool. like it, it came from this ratty tech you know kind of thing and it's slowly been dialing in with the you know the the mustard caps and uh i actually really like the 6 a 7s in it hmm. yeah they they they're a thing right i mean, I, I, th I thought yeah, yeah totally cool. this was the one of the thing that's that what are the preamp tubes you got in it 
Well, I've got I've got some I've got some uh, old um, USA uh, preamp tubes in it now. Mm-hmm. The last video, I, I didn't. I kind of the last thing. I've probably done enough videos on the amp now, right? So I decided not to do one on the pre's. But the last video I did where I put it on the Variate, that's now yeah. got the old USA um, preamp tubes in it. And um, but the guy, so it's, what amazed me about that is when I put that clip out there when I because I picked up Mark I picked up the 6950 watt it's a 1987 T the old tremolo mm. model I think I think Which, Dave that, that you, you'll probably confirm this right but I think that was originally in a combo probably yeah and it, it's somewhere in the 70s it got lifted out and put into a head cab because it's in a non-original mm. 70s era JMP head cab and it's got because it's a tremolo amp it's actually got eight pots on it Mm-hmm. Though, but, but the tremolo circuit's been ripped out, so those two pots are, are disconnected. But I've been out, I was able to reuse one of them because the one of those in those tremolo amps, it's a 50k pot on the yeah. tremolo. So I use that for the mid pot, you know, yeah. 50k mid pot, right? And Eddie's number one. Where, where do you think? Where do you think Marshall got those 50k pots from? <laughs> yeah, right. So someone picked it up out of the bin. Uh, it was either an accident or right. they just ran out of 25 kit parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I started the first few clips on this thing, just to kind of like, hey, here, I picked up the Sam and we'll, we'll do a series of videos as I kind of restore this and try and source some, you know, vintage parts and so on. Um, I actually, before I bought the amp, I sent pictures of it to Dave, email. And I said, I said, Dave, what do you, what do you reckon? Is this, is this legit? You know, does this thing look like it's worth picking up? And he, yeah, he might definitely. All right, the yeah. transformers are all original, and that's kind of the main thing. The pots were all original. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole turret board had basically been stripped. Every component, other than maybe maybe the resistors were reasonably original. I think Dave, but yeah, a few of those. Yeah, the resistors were mostly original. Mostly original. All the coupling caps and so on had been replaced over the journey. The whole bias circuit had been rebuilt, but badly. Mm. Um, all kinds of things, right? So, um, but then there were, you know, there's a handful of guys um, reached out to me and said, "I've got some old mustards. Do you, do you want them?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I, mm. I was getting packages sent, mainly of guys in Australia, right? So um, Warwick, who was on here before, Tone. Tone Revival, he, he sent me some from his little stash. And there was a, another guy in Sydney who I wanted to give a shout-out to, but he kept saying that he didn't, didn't want to be named. He sent me um, what I was expecting just to be a few mustard caps. And then this package arrived, and he had all these old tubes in this pack. So those old 60A7s, Dave, yeah. they, they were handed to me by this guy in Sydney who just – oh wow wanted to you know wanted to make wanted to see them go into an old amp you know so it's been yeah it's been it's been it's been amazing yeah i mean i thought it sounded really cool with the the six ca7s i don't know how i feel about the usa preamp tubes what what kind are they oh it's a mix there's there's some sylvanias in there and i think one of one might be an rca it's it's really hard to tell because all the all the lettering's all you know, worn off. Yeah, I, kind of I don't know how to... I always feel about those. I mean, I, they're good tubes. I, I just in a Marshall like that. I, to be honest, I, I just like the Chinese across the board. Hmm. That's if what you, I had. You get three Chinese across the board. I think it sounds yeah. cool. 
the earlier videos, that's what I've got in there. The yeah. 5AX7Bs, the Chinese. So um, maybe I'll put them back in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, modern vintage dave what is your favorite power supply to use in racks and boards does a voodoo pedal power plus excuse me pedal power three plus perform any better than a strymon how about mine <laughs> <laughs> mine works yeah. perfect as long as you don't need any really odd voltages um the voodoo lab uh three plus is also excellent I know Josh really well, and he really worked very hard on making sure that was very noise-free. I have had some issues with the Strymons with some noise, switching power supply noise. So I'm not like they work pretty well, and sometimes they work great, but I'm a little leery of them. Hmm. I can tell you mine work perfectly, though. Put them in tons of rig builds by now. So, like, I, I just know. Okay. Tom and Lisa. Hey, Dave, what's the difference in tone and feel of the Jakey Lee and your BE100 and why? Thanks so much. Great show tonight. Thanks. Jakey Lee's brighter, more percussive. Um, I mean, like, you know, there, there's not, like, it's, it's similar to the BE100 Deluxe with the C45 switch on similar uh, in, in um, nature. Um, but I have a hundred K plate resistor on the first stage. And that just is a little more open, a little brighter. And just it's, it's, it's kind of a man's amp though, mm. you know, meaning it's brutal. It's kind of a brutal punchy and, and it wants to be played a little loud Mm -hmm. And 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 when it is, it sounds great, but it could scare people. <laughs> <laughs> it scared people before. I remember demoing it for some people, and just like, oh! <laughs> check out Jakey Lee playing it. It's just and just like yeah, uh, uh, um, he kind of run it, ran it kind of uniquely because he would use the Plexi channel on ten, and then he would use the eight hundred channel. But on ten, right. <laughs> so I Matt, couldn't imagine how loud meaning, meaning master and master and gain on ten for both channels. It's so. Is they seriously um, play that channel on ten? Yes, on yes, 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 yes. But it has That's to be the eight hundred channel because the other one's too high gain for being on ten. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And specifically, and it's kind of interesting when you hear this. So when you hear the plexi channel dimed, which is basically like a plexi cranked. Um, it sounds great. It yeah, sounds it cool. And yeah. when when you switch to the 800 version dimed, it's just a little bit more gain, but it's sort of the same exact tone. Mm. And that's what he wanted. He didn't want to dip in bass. He didn't want to dip in anything. So for how, how he uses it, that's how he uses it. That's and, not and it's kind of interesting because... So the amp I worked on, I worked on Warren D. Martini's amp. And Warren D. Martini's Plexi is an 800. Someone changed the front end to an 800. But he runs the 800, the master on 10. So 
it's really and if you look at an 800 architecture it's essentially kind of a plexi with an added cold clipper gain stage totally uh it's just that extra gain stage shoved in there that's kind of like not really a lot of gain and so it really just adds a little bit more and but if you turn the master down to normal levels it sounds like an 800 but when you crank it it sounds like a, a boosted plexi when you when yeah. you put that master on 10 it's just it's out of the circuit pretty much right so it's out of the just, circuit yeah you can't if you even lift the tail of it you can't really hear any difference totally. whatsoever there's yeah. one meg to ground right there it's not really yeah. load, loading it's not loading the eq at all yeah um so it's sort of interesting yeah that is yeah and, and, and it never really dawned on me but even if you take any 800 and do that kind of thing with it and it's got the he runs the gain a little lower so you know the gain has a bright you still got the one nanofarad bright yes bright correct so, so, you so want, that you tightens things up yeah so so if you bring that back to like say six six yeah. seven mm. range in there it tightens thing it's it tightens it up more because you got a big cap out of the front end totally uh it tightens it up more makes it snarl and then with the master on 10. Hmm. But it's just so insanely loud, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, I mean, and then he uses an attenuator with it. but Right. Okay. So. Thank God. Uh, Lawrence, thanks for getting a Tone Talk at Depend shirt, man. Thank you. Uh, he feel like feels like he contributed to his part. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate your support, man. It, it helps. It helps us. We appreciate it. Um. Dave, did you base the Freeman cabs off the naked cab you have? Have you thought about trying to mimic that cab? I think he means the I cab mean, the Freeman cabs are based off vintage style sort of Marshall cabinets. Um, not one in particular, but they do have birch backs. And um, I mean, not necessarily based off of the naked cab I have. That's that's a that's a hard one to reproduce because of the speakers. Because hmm. they were like '90s reissued greenbacks, and they don't exist anymore. Sixty-four oh two cones, right? Uh, Modern vintage. Thanks again. Can you discuss how the one hundred watt Dirty Shirley compares to the forty watt and twin sister? Have you done a one hundred watt small box or a custom one channel plexi like amp custom order? I've done all that stuff. Um, 100 watt Dirty Shirley, which doesn't really exist. It did a long time ago, but um, uh, I haven't done very many in recent years. Do you do, do you do two rectifier tubes with that? No, I don't even put the rectifier in. Yeah, God. it's really just the Dirty Shirley front end yeah. with with the with the standard 100 watt power section. So it's big and bold and 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 cool. It's very similar. You can kind of mimic that if you have a BE with the C45 switch on and the fat switch on. Mm -hmm. And it um, doesn't exactly mimic it, but 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 it it would come close to it. 
that's cool. Uh, Jimmy Ray Hawkins says, I remember the demo show from the whiskey loud and does a Kareem Abdul Jabbar kick to the chest while you enjoy ear slap from Chuck Norris. And to finish off, you get kicked in the balls by Bruce Lee. <laughs> hey, describing Jake. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. That's the that, 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 that pretty much describes it. So I remember, I remember going to uh, the, the, the last whiskey show that Red Dragon Cartel played, which was not the very first one, but the, the second one where he had the Freedmans. He got that amp for the first time. And, you know, there was a 50-watt switch on it, too. So, um, you know, he... At first, he was using it in a 50-watt mode. And he was digging it. It was on 10. <laughs> and it was louder than hell. Um, <laughs> and uh, in, in an empty whiskey, this seemed really loud painfully oh, okay. loud yeah but that's an empty whiskey right when a crowd comes in it changes everything mm. it the, you know it gets absorbed and kind of doesn't seem that loud anymore um but it was it was it was, it was loud and then for the show he used the 100 watt mode and it was it was just brutal <laughs> yeah. his ears must be shot Actually, you know what? I don't think so. Really? Well, I mean, here's how I generally tell. Generally, if people's ears are shot, they're 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 asking you what you said all the time, mm-hmm. and you know, missing stuff that you said, and what did you say? You know, things like that. Never have I heard Jake utter mm-hmm. any of those words. Yeah, oh. I don't think his ears are shot at all. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe you got to remember how he points his cabinet, though. Right, he points them diagonally. Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, like he said, he goes, he goes. Generally, I hate the monitor guy, so I point one at him. <laughs> and generally, I hate the, the singer, so I got to point. I got to point the other one at him. So then I'm right in the middle. I'm good. He's, I'm he's smart man. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, Mark Pritchard, uh, Dave, blackback or greenbacks for early Van Halen. Kind of well, I mean, you know, could have been either, but I kind of think blackbacks. Judging from the era it was in blackbacks. Okay. They're, uh, they're not like crazy different depending on what year the greenback and how abused the cabinet was. And well, I've gone through the questions, so I think we've talked about through all the super chats um and all the real cool questions um so guys uh definitely check out head first amps and jason um jason how do people get in touch with you and check out your you can contact me from the website there's a contact form there you can message me on facebook so there's a head first page i picked up pick up all the messages there um that's the easiest way yeah okay cool um robert eastwood i couldn't find a question from you so for some reason uh i missed it please let me know or you can email me at tone talk mark at gmail and i'll get your question asked and answered um our next guest is dave navarro we think we think uh hopefully dave will be able to come um 
I know he was in a band with Taylor Hawkins. Uh, so um, this might be a sensitive time. Yeah, he might be, you know, might be uh, mourning. So, you know, but hopefully he'll come on. If not, well, maybe we'll do a Nast Dave or something like that. Um, uh, Dave K says, Mark, love the T-shirt selection tonight. Cool. All right. Great. We'll have more shirts, too, um, for you. And like I said, hopefully Dave Navarro will come on. If not, we'll reschedule him for another time. Um, and let's see who else Who else we got coming on, Dave. Remind me. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, um, yeah. No, uh, I'm. I don't have. So we have Steve. Uh, Steve from. Oh, Rob Cunningham. I'm sorry, Rob Cunningham from Diodario. Uh, uh, or actually, as I saw, it was pronounced Diodario. Diodario, yeah. Didario. Yeah. Where I always used to say Diodario. Yeah. But it's just Diodario. Diodario. Yeah. I just learned that today. Um, so, yeah. So, Rob's going to come on, and we'll have more guests soon. And please subscribe. Please enter the contest so we can give this freaking guitar away, and I can get it out of my guest bedroom. <laughs> get the box out. Find your friends and just let them subscribe to our channels. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm going to get all the names. Pull them into it. Well, it'll probably be within the next week and or two. We'll be doing a live show to give away the guitar. So, uh, check out Sweetwater, please. All right, and check out the link below. Make sure you click on that. Purchase anything from Sweetwater, and we get a little uh, kickback. We appreciate it. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hey, <clears throat> thanks for having me. It's a, been an absolute privilege. Awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Um, and guys, check out Head First Amps, okay? Really. Um, I'm sure Jason will appreciate it. If you're into building your own amps, check out the boards and things that you can do. And uh, yeah. and other than that, check out the new amp, which is up in the in the left-hand side of Jason's screen. There. <laughs> There's only one in existence at the moment, but seem to be more. What yeah. is it? Alt Alt Altma? It's Alta. 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 Okay, sorry. Cool. All right. Well, hang on, Jason, while we say goodbye. Everybody have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you soon.